from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Appreciate you being here and speaking you know, this morning is is a very special morning for me, and that's because one of my closest friends is joining us, and and we're going to be talking about a lot of different topics and 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 having a great time. So, with that being said, let's bring him on to let's get it onto Facebook Live and get it all set and ready to go. So officially, welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. You're tuning in on Facebook Live, Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT for video, and on audio on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. DT every Monday through Friday from 9 to 11, and we appreciate you being here inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios, located on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. They are fit for every man, so no matter what you got going on, make sure you get yourself over to Charney's, no matter what your style is, what your size is, what you're looking for. They literally dress you from head to toe. If you're looking for a dress hat, dress shoes, belt, handkerchief, whatever it may be, a jacket, a, you know, if you're looking for Callaway and golf wear, suits, tuxedos, shirts, dress shirts, dress down shirts, kind of relaxed wear shirts, graphic tees, jerseys, Syracuse wear, NFL gear, Bamboo K, Tommy Bahama. It's literally all at Charney's. So make sure you get yourself over to Charney's. Today's show is going to be jam-packed. As you can see in Mon Paz Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory, what's popping? They let you know every single show what's coming up on the broadcast. They give you the docket from top to bottom. It lets you know what's going to start the show all the way to the conclusion of the show. All brought to you by Mon Paz Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory. What's popping? They bring you at least 50 flavors at a time at their store on 201 7th North Street in Liverpool, New York, and... Every morning, Monday through Friday, they bring you what's on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. So, today's show is going to feature a conversation that will go throughout the entire show with my good buddy, one of my best friends, sports writer and sportscaster Ross Turetsky of Northeastern Pennsylvania. It's his birthday today, so we're going to have a little birthday special. And we'll round out the show like we always do every Tuesday with the ingredients to success. Proudly brought to, brought to you by Utica Pizza Company. So, on 628 South Main Street in... North Syracuse, New York. I also am going to let you know here that this is what it's going to look like in just a few minutes on the show. These are the things we're going to be discussing. So to continue the Mon Paz Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory, what's popping? Syracuse, Jacksonville, the Jets, the NFL in general, the Major League Baseball playoffs, the NCAA, and this ruling that players could be paid. They could have agents, the college football playoff expansion, as well as the ingredients to success. We're going to be talking about 
all of that good stuff. And then officially, we're going to be welcoming one of our newest partners to the fray. And I'm very excited about doing that. So we're going to do that during the show today with Trapper's Pizza Pub. So very excited about everything that's to come up here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We appreciate you being here. Appreciate you listening in and having some fun with us. Thanks to Mon Paz Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory for giving us what's popping every single show in the morning, Monday through Friday from 9 to 11. And for giving us at least 50 flavors at a time on site, on location, and over 200 flavors in their wheelhouse. So, plenty of show coming up today, and I feel like talking about Mon Pa's Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory, I should probably get Ross's favorite flavor and bring it out to Pennsylvania for him. So, with that being said, we're going to take a quick step aside for a fast break. When we come back, Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora will proudly welcome my good friend and sportscaster and sports writer, Ross Turetsky, to the show. It is his birthday today here on October 1st. So we're going to be celebrating his birthday and speaking on a bunch of different topics going. We're we're basically going to run the gamut here this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora speaking on all different things. So let's take a quick step aside. We'll come back with Ross Turetsky and we'll get it started in the conversation about the Jets, the Jaguars, Syracuse, college football playoff, NCAA, pay for play. So much to talk about. And we're going to get to your comments this week because you have said so much about whether whether players should be paid and whether or not collegiately we're talking about whether or not student athletes should be paid and then on top of that if they should be able to hire agents you've had so many I mean we've gotten so many responses we'll get to those later on in the week so we'll take a step aside we'll come back with Ross Turetsky right after this this is a wake-up call fast break Breaking news. The Press Room Pub, located on 220 Herald Place in historic Herald Square in downtown Syracuse, is where entertainment and sports become one. Trivia is every Tuesday at 7 p.m. with host Dan Tortora. Sports are always on from every angle at the Press Room Pub. The main floor features a full bar and restaurant with two private party rooms, featuring games, a colossal television, and more. So head out for lunch, dinner, or a drink and plan your parties with the Press Room Pub. 220 Carroll Place in downtown Syracuse. Call 315-569-4345 for more information. The press room awaits you. Having peace of mind when you're out of town, that your furry loving friend is safe and sound, means taking them to Canine Campground. Because we all know that when it comes to the love of our pets, it goes well beyond the call of duty to make sure they're safe and sound. Right, Lily? So take a ride to 242 Johnson Street in East Syracuse, New York, and see Canine Campground and where your dog will be staying. In the classic cabin, the executive cabin, the grand cabin, or of course, the luxury cabin. Because if you know Lily, you know she loves luxury. Now you don't have to wait to the last minute to find a family member or a friend that'll take your dog for a few days. Call Canine Campground at 315-299-4013. That's 315-299-4013. Their drop-off and pick-up times are Monday through Sunday. Check K9Campground.com for more information. That's the letter K, the number 9, and campground spelled with a K, dot com. K9Campground.com. When you're going out of town, bring your dog to Canine Campground. 
Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, Carvelanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family. Their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Welcome back here inside of the studios of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. That's where you're listening. You are watching on Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT, and you're hanging out with us inside. Whether you're listening, watching, whatever it may be, Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios is where we call home. We're happy to be here, 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. And then you see on the right-hand column, that is what's popping. That's proudly brought to you by Mon Paz Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory, letting you know what's popping every single show. And today is a big old dedication show. You know, every Tuesday, we do the Ingredients to Success, proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company, who you just heard from here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. But today is a very, very special broadcast, and that is because it is the birthday of one of my closest friends, one of my best friends, one of the greatest people that I've ever met in my life, and somebody who, you know, they, they talk about, you know, it's funny how people say, oh, Dan, you know, I wanted to get in touch with you, but I was too busy, or I had a lot going on, or I was busy, you know, there's stuff, and this and that. Well, this man has a child, he has another one on the way, he is married, and he still gets in touch with me every single day. So he is the epitome of, of what a good friend is supposed to be, what a great friend is supposed to be, and, and he's the epitome of, of someone who doesn't make excuses and tells the people that he cares about that he cares about them. So if you have somebody in your life, you know, man, woman, or child, that takes the time to let you know that they care, and even if it's just a simple message or, hey, did you read this or, hey, did you see this, if you have people in your life like Ross Turetsky, I think you're doing okay. So with that being said, it is his birthday, so we send a very happy birthday down to Pennsylvania to Mr. Ross Turetsky, and we welcome him to the show. We have a lot of different topics we're going to get to. Anybody that's ever heard us before knows that there's a lot of comedy that goes with this. We ad-lib a lot. It runs the gamut. We might start with the Jets, end with ex-girlfriends. Jesus only knows where we're going today. I, I have a feeling that many different things can happen, and and that's okay. It's, it's, it's kind of like a Marvel movie. There's a lot of things going on on the screen and all of them have a point to the bigger story, so you have to pay attention. So, with that being said, I bring him into the show, Mr. Ross Turetsky. How are you doing today, sir? 
Very good. Thanks for having me on. Feliz cumpleaños aquí, or to a me, whichever <laughs> you say it. Uh, it's very happy to be with you on my birthday. I'm 33 years old. Uh, I share a birthday with President Jimmy Carter, who's 95 years old. He's the oldest living president ever. Yeah. Uh, Mark McGuire, the alleged steroid home run hidden champ for a while. Yeah. He has my birthday. And another person I found out who has my birthday is uh, they they called him Fat Jesus in Hangover. Alan, Zach Galifianakis, the bearded weirdo from the Hangover movies, <laughs> he has my birthday. He turns 50 years young today. So got a few celebrity birthdays today, and then, of course, my birthday. So, uh, yeah, a lot of great stuff. October, we're fishing in fall. Later this month is Halloween for the trick-or-treaters and people who want the haunted hayrides and all that stuff. And baseball playoffs start tonight. With the wild card game and a wild card game, Brewers versus Washington Nationals in the nation's capital in Washington D.C. Yeah, yeah football. Steelers uh, finally got their first win of the season, crushing the Bengals on Monday night. Basketball preseason came back yesterday. Hockey comes back tomorrow, and so much more. And we got the Joker that comes out this week. That's excited. And Spider-Man's back in the MCU. So so many cool things to talk about. And this whole NCAA thing uh, with the pay and players. And I wouldn't find anything, anyone better to talk to than uh, my buddy Dan Tatora. Oh, thank you, buddy. And, and uh, officially, happy birthday. And I love the fact that you came prepared with some of my heritage there, with some, some Hispanic love. Feliz cumpleaños a mí. I like that. So happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday to yourself. I love that. So, yes, thank you. know, that it, it goes a long way. It really does. And it's it's just, it's funny that, you know, something like that, it, it made me smile this morning that you took the time to look up how to say happy birthday to yourself. So that means a lot to me. I also learned something about uh, about you and about the, the Jewish people uh, recently when your mother had posted about the Jewish New Year, and I had I had no idea, so, you know, I, I got to... Uh, I got to see that you get you get uh, two New Years officially every single year. So happy New Year and then another happy New Year, which is pretty cool. But uh, is there anything special that you do for the Jewish New Year? Is is there any anything that you, maybe your family does or, or something to signify it? Yeah, my mom and little brother Henry, who's not even so little anymore because I'm old now, he's going to be 26 in a couple of months, uh, they sing at the local uh, Hebrew choir at Temple. They sing uh, last night, because yes, it was the first full day of Rosh Hashanah, but all Jewish holidays start the night before. So it started Sunday night at sundown, and it's going to end tonight at sundown. Yeah. Uh, so they sang yesterday, they they're sang it, singing this morning before they come over to visit me for the birthday. And uh, yeah, so they sing, they do prayers, uh, you eat a lot of sweet stuff, because you want to usher in the new year just like we celebrate on December 31st going into January 1. Uh, everyone's drinking champagne all that. You drink some sweet wine. It's Manischewitz wine. It's not the greatest, but it's okay. They even let you know teenagers you know, get bar mitzvah at 13, bar and bat mitzvah for the boys and girls that they can drink a little uh, glass of wine or grape juice. Uh, you have like uh, you have some tasty apples and honey, and you have a few different things that are sweet. And that uh, usher in the new year with good, happier times to come. Because then the more somber holidays a week from now is Yom Kippur. And that's the one I think a lot of people might think of. That's the one basically you have to fast. You're supposed to fast for basically 24 hours from 
morning to night until uh, and that's but not included like the 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 elderly people who are sick little children they're not expected to fast but people who are healthy and young enough uh, and want to participate in that they want you to fast for the day and repent and uh, pray and think about the bad things and the good things and the bad things that might have happened in the past year and then suppose if you survive uh, that fasting period after all that prayer you'll have a nice happy healthy new year uh, in this upcoming year so that's the more somber sad holiday we're supposed to pray and think of a lot of bad sad thoughts uh, but Rosh Hashanah is the very sweet happy holiday that you uh, you welcome the new year have some apples and honey and you yeah you celebrate the new year just like just like we get to do in a couple of months for everyone else but we get to have two year, new years so uh, yeah. they joke they call us the chosen people so it's nice that <laughs> us chosen people get to have uh, have another choice of a new year and get to have another new year so it's pretty fun yeah yeah the uh, the chosen people get get two new years which is nice so you know, two times. So I, I mean, I guess. I mean, do you get two New Year's kisses? I mean, did the did the wife did the wife do anything romantic for New Year? I mean, how was that? <laughs> I think I get these are the same kisses I normally get. I might be. Uh... I could maybe convince her and uh, twist her arm to get one more before tonight uh, sundown happens and the uh, and the holiday comes to an end with our Jewish New Year. But uh, yeah, I don't think that's gonna really work with my, <laughs> my wife's not gonna buy that. I get some extra kisses for uh, my my personal New Year. So, but no, she's she's great. She she was getting stuff ready for the birthday. She's working hard on a. Uh, Oreo cookies and cream cheesecake that looks delicious. And wasn't feeling well this morning, so I was like, "Oh, god damn it!" I'm not, oh, I should have said that. But I'm not gonna be able to eat this cake. But now my belly's feeling much better, and I'm like, "Oh, I get to eat this cake." So I'm looking forward to when she comes home later, and then we get to have this cake. And I got some presents, and I got a Jets Joe Namath, uh, the black uh, new uh, alternate uh, Jets jersey, and a few other Yankee books, and some smidgen chocolates. So yeah, she was basically kind of prepping. She there was a lot of other stuff going on especially for birthdays and stuff so uh yeah we got my birthday uh she did she she spoiled me very well with that even got some things and put it together for my two-year-old daughter that it came from her that it's daddy for her daddy's birthday and then yeah then we have a lot of things on october celebrate because we have uh her birthday two weeks from today our wedding anniversary on october 17th and then her brother uh, uh bj and marine they're about to have a baby any moment yeah. Could be today. I might share a birthday with them today, or it could be tomorrow. So uh, her brother is about to have a baby very soon for the first time. So congrats to them as well. So a lot of excitement in October, a lot of craziness, and then it all culminates with Halloween, which is my daughter's favorite holiday because she gets all the tasty candy. So <laughs> she looks forward to that. She'll be Minnie Mouse, and we'll be the cutest Minnie out there, and she gets all her d- delicious candy. How is my niche? And for people that don't understand, that is a Boy Meets World reference. It's when Eric Matthews confuses niece with niche and thinks that mr feeney is drunk when he corrects him so how 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 is my niche doing right now how's lorelei oh very well she's uh, right now off to uh, preschool that uh, her uh, her nana runs a, a daycare there in nearby sweet valley pa it's maybe 15 minutes from here and uh, she goes twice a week right now from like 9 to 12 o'clock in the beginning part of the day and then i get to get her back and play and well, that, but she gets used to being around school. She listens well. She's making friends. She's playing well. She's really developing and talking a whole bunch now. Yeah. And she's just a little over two years old. And I think it's made a world of difference as much as I, you know, I tried my best to, to teach her. And she learned her colors and numbers and all that cool stuff. Uh, 
before she and counting all before she ever went to school but i think it definitely helps her being around a lot of kids and uh just getting used to the whole school thing and then kindergarten locally is only half a day so this kind of is exact practice of what she needs because she won't be going a full day until first grade here so uh she loves it she keeps saying i go again i go again and, uh, <laughs> yeah I, I feel sometimes like the bad guy i have to like kind of uh, playfully pull her away and get her back in the car so we can go home and do other things but uh she loves it so i'll be picking her up today and uh we'll continue our festivities for the for the big day afterwards but yeah she loves it and then she came up she woke up early and uh brought me some presents in in uh in our in our room and it was very nice nice hugs and kisses and yeah she's doing well you when you see her again she's talking up a storm and she's one of the biggest two-year-olds you'll ever see she's kind of on the 99 percentile with everything with size and development and all that so she kind of seems like a five-year-old and she's a two-year-old so uh but she's she's pretty special doing great things and uh yeah i can't can't wait to see what will the next day bring and how much more she'll keep growing well and the cool thing about it is you said that she's a two-year-old that's like a five-year-old because that's that's great because i know a bunch of 30-something-year-olds that are more like five-year-olds so that's you know, it's like she's going in the right direction. Normally, we talk about how somebody who's older is younger, but now we're talking about a difference here, which is actually pretty cool, which is which is nice to see. So, hey, my older brother's kind of like that, thirty <laughs> something, uh, who's about who's maybe five years old, but he's gonna be dead soon too. So maybe that will be the wake up call he needs to grow up. Uh, speed of wake up call, day at the door, but maybe that will be the wake up call he needs. But who knows? Maybe they'll just be two kids playing together and. Hopefully yeah. the cops don't need to be called. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's hope that uh, let's hope that all that works out. With you know, it's it's funny how life is. Where I'm like, you know, most people thought, well, here's Dan, the hopeless romantic. You know, he's gonna be the first one to get married, which I wasn't. And you know, it's like, but he's you know, but he's like, he'll get married, he'll have kids, he'll do this, he'll do that, and uh, and now you know the the man who. I mean, uh, for <clears throat> for those who don't know Ross's brother, he's an interesting human. But you know, it's like to know that he he will have he will be married again, and he will have his first child. And I look up at God, and you know, I've learned that if you want to make God laugh, you tell him your plans. So now I just kind of shake my head and I go, "All right, this is the all right, this is where we're going." Okay, sounds good. So I feel like he just wants me to be a stand-up comedian and dedicate myself to flying around the city, the world. So. Uh, but you know, I just—it's it, interesting how life definitely works out for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, but I, I totally agree. But uh, yeah, it's it's crazy stuff. Oh, and then I, the other thing I forgot is, of course, your birthday, October twenty-first. So I yeah. don't want to forget that either. So that's another special day. So lots of cool celebrating in this month of October. Yeah, you know, and and we look forward to uh, to you know the the new dads to Carl to everybody out there that gets an opportunity to do something that. You know, some people would love to do someday, so that's a good thing, and, and obviously big ups to that. So we're here to talk about a lot of different stuff this morning. You'll, you'll be you'll be a great dad too. Before you know it, and then you'll be like, oh, I never could imagine life without a kid. So I I don't have any worries about that. I think you'll probably have at least one or two, and I'm sure you'll be a, an awesome dad. And I can't wait to see that. I think it's gonna happen before you know it. Well, the only thing that gives me any type of hope is the fact that I told you you're going to be a great husband and father, and you said it'll never happen for me. And now the second kid is on their way. So you are you are my hope, Ross, as as the uh, you know the eligible bachelor, the George Clooney, the that lifestyle was never a choice for me. But life is life. Life does what it does. But hopefully things will work out soon. 
So with that being said, we're here inside a wake-up call with Dan Tortora inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios. Find what fits you at Charney's, 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. Ross and I are here to run the gamut and talk about a lot of different things. You can see if you're watching on Facebook Live that all the logos are below us here that we will be touching on today. Syracuse, Jacksonville, the Jets, the NFL as a whole, and the Injuries to quarterbacks all around the country, Major League Baseball playoffs starting today, the NCAA and everything that they're under right now, the college football playoff, and we will have the ingredients to success, proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company. So with all that good stuff being said, Ross, it is your birthday. So just as, you know, I feel like because it is your birthday, it is your day, you have a smorgasbord of things, of topics to pick from what gift would you like to open first of what we're going to talk about today? I think the spiciest one to talk <laughs> about has got to be uh, NCAA athletes, and so far it's only in the state of California, are now cleared to get paid, even though the NCAA doesn't really authorize this. Yeah. They could still kind of overrule them, possibly, and say, you take money, we won't let like you be eligible, even though California can maybe do counter lawsuits to appeal that decision, because... Kind of like, well, even though the federal government has kind of looked the other way with a lot of states, it's state-by-state cases legalizing marijuana, which has become very popular, and eventually it probably will get legalized in all 50 states, the federal government could technically step in and override it and say, well, we don't allow that. But the NCAA, you know, state of California now has passed this. The governor signed it into uh, law from what I read yesterday. Yeah. And they can make money off their likeness, their appearance, like, you know, when they're, you know, video games or their their jerseys are being sold. And they, you know, usually we just put the number, even though you know who it's for, but they wouldn't usually say the last name of the college athlete. But when it was Zion Williamson or uh, Reggie Bush back in the day for USC, you kind of knew who the star athletes were. And they had the college uh, video games, which they don't really have that many of anymore but it was kind of ridiculous and then you can only get paid for it when you had already graduated or left college um but yeah the NCAA could technically step in and say well we're not gonna allow this and then there could be lots of lawsuits lots of courtroom challenges and yeah this is probably the most interesting issue is do you agree with it and where is this gonna go and also everyone says the big uh, money sports like football and basketball with the big scholarships yeah. and guys who go pro, go pro a lot of people are like, oh yeah, they'll get paid. A lot of them, a lot of the players don't always come from uh, privileged families, but they don't have a lot of money, so they need that extra money. But what do you do with the other sports? How do you make it fair yeah. for field hockey and for soccer and for volleyball and maybe sports that don't make as much, generate as much money in college sports? I don't know the exact answer, but I would love to hear your thoughts, and then we can talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in order to have this conversation, I want to do the background here. We're speaking this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios. We're hanging out with you on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. I'm here with one of my closest friends and sports writer. It's also his birthday today, Ross Turetsky. And he is joining me to speak on a bunch of different things that are going on. Uh, one of the biggest ones and uh, one that could take up some time on today's broadcast is the fact that college athletes can sign endorsements. So let's look at the background of this. Now, if we look at this and, and look at the reality of it all, uh, the legislation signed by California Governor Gavin Newsom is to allow student-athletes to sign endorsement deals, and it prohibits the NCAA from banning those compensated athletes. So the athletes can sign endorsement deals. The NCAA can't stop them. Now, the NCAA rules strictly prohibits any player from profiting in any way from their sports. So this would obviously change that. And the new regulation is scheduled to start in 2020. 
23. So we look at this at what, what Newsom said. He actually sent out a tweet. And when Newsom sent out the tweet, it said, it said, quote, college reap, colleges reap billions from student athletes, but block them from earning a single dollar. That's a bankrupt model, end quote. So let's, let's read that again. College, colleges reap billions from student athletes, but block them from earning a single dollar. That's a bankrupt model. That's what Newsom said in his conversation. Now, the NCAA acknowledged in a statement on Monday of this week, yesterday, that its current regulations on amateurism will need to change, but said California's new law won't help. Quote, the, guy, the NCAA said, quote, as a membership organization, the NCAA agrees changes are needed to continue to support student-athletes, but improvement needs to happen on a national level through the NCAA's rulemaking process. Unfortunately, this new law already is creating confusion for current and future student-athletes, coaches, administrators, and campuses, and not just in California. And quote. Now, Newsom signed the bill while being on LeBron James's HBO show, The Shop Uninterrupted, the governor, the governor believes that it'll help other states to follow suit. He said, quote, it's going to change college sports for the better by having now the interest finally of the athletes on par with the interests of the institutions. Now we're rebalancing that power arrangement. And quote. So we look at this and, and see what it can be and, and just, you know, what we can have here. And uh, I do want to get uh, a note. Uh, economics professor Alan Sanderson from the University of Chicago said, quote, the NCAA's 100-year model is not going to survive another 10 years. I find that hilarious, Mr. Sanderson, because I said that about two to three years ago. I said the way the NCAA is going, within the next five to 10 years, it will not exist. So he said, quote, the NCAA's 100-year model is not going to survive another 10 years. There's just too much money involved, end quote. How it's going to play out, eventually, exactly play out, I don't know. It's like a fumble on the ground and who's going to recover it. I'm just pretty sure the NCAA is not going to end up with the ball, end quote. So we look at this and we look at, you know, where everything is at right now. And, you know, I mean, the reality of it all is we already have the power five, but, and, and this is something that needs to be explained and expressed multiple times, it feels like. The Power Five is a media title. The Autonomous Five is a legal designation. The Autonomous Five is the five conferences, the Big Ten, the SEC, the Big 12, the ACC, and the Pac-12, who have autonomy. Now, this is where it gets confusing before we even talk about pay for play. If we look at the definition of autonomy, it is the right or condition of self-government. So when that means is you're functioning separate from anything else. You are governing governing yourself. So the NCAA has already been put on watch and has already been put on notice by the autonomous five conferences that they don't need the NCAA. And at any given time, they can break away. And when I spoke with ACC commissioner a couple years ago, John Swafford, about this, he said it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could eventually move away. So we know there's autonomy. Now we know there's California legislation. We could be seeing the NCAA's ends in and of itself. So the question is, how's the NCAA going to be going to respond? They may not have an opportunity to do much of anything. If this becomes, you know, this is California law, 
But if this becomes law law, then we're in a place where this could get very, very dangerous because the reality of it all is you look at these programs and you look at these schools and you say to yourself, okay, so what does this mean? Does it mean that if I go to USC or UCLA or Stanford and I'm a Division One basketball player, I can get paid, but if I come to Syracuse, I can't. And that is going to give an imbalance of power. And if I'm a college student, I, whether I want to or not, if I want to make some dough and have some fun and do this, that, and the other, now I'm going to go. Now I'm going to go to California. I'm going to go play there. That's going to be a recruiting tool. And basically, if you're a coach in East Bumbletucky, you know, if I mean, you're going to get these players because of the fact that they can get paid. So if you're at Cal or USC or UCLA or Stanford or any of those schools, you stand to have some leverage here. But the question is, how will the NCAA respond? Will they do something against California? Will they try to block this? Will they block the athletes? Will they, you know, have sanctions that come down on schools that play sports inside of the NCAA? There's millions and millions of questions that come from this. So, you know, Ross, I, 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 I guess, you know, that's the background and that's, you know, some of, of which we can talk about today. But you asked my opinion and my opinion is twofold. I know players, obviously, and I get to know them every single year. So knowing that the NCAA makes millions upon billions of dollars on these student-athletes' heads and, you know, basically, I mean, the NCAA, what did the NCAA say? You know, we're, we're, a, we're, we're, a, we're a non-profit organization or whatever the hell they, I mean. And they the, a lot of money for a non-profit <laughs> Yeah, they make a lot more money than Big Brothers, Big Sisters and this, that, and the other, but. You know, we look at the NCAA and we say, okay, you know what, Here, here's one side of it and then there's the other side. The one side of it is, if I'm an NCAA athlete, I know a lot that the NCAA rule book is big and it seems to only get bigger because I had a friend of mine that I was like, we went to have lunch and I was like, oh, let me buy you a sandwich. And he's like, no, nah, man, I'm good. And I was like, no, dude, like, it's like nine bucks. Like, I got you. Like, you're, you're a good friend of mine. I want to buy you a sandwich. You get the next one. And he was like, no, you don't understand. If the NCAA finds out that you bought me a sandwich, then my school might get sanctioned and I might get in trouble. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you're considered a booster if you buy me. A I was like, but you're already here. I'm not trying to get you to come to the school. You've been enrolled for three years. You know, I mean, so, I mean, the rules with the NCAA, number one, are crazy. Number two, they make money off the backs of these players, and without the players, they wouldn't exist. So that's the one side of it where I say, okay, players, go get yours. The other side of it is there will be no amateurism outside of high school for the rest of humanity in the country of America if we pay athletes in some way, shape, or form. And it will render the NCAA powerless, which some people might like, but, you know, it's like the NCAA has been going down this road of they punish this school, they don't punish that school. They just punished one school, but now they're going to allegedly wait to punish the other ones. They gave Syracuse like the it, what felt like a death penalty, and then they didn't do anything to North Carolina. So the NCAA has been, and I said this, like I said a few years ago, I said five to ten years from now, the NCAA will not exist or it will not exist is how we remember it. I said that because of the fact that they say that they govern equally, they don't. 
They say that there's a set of rules and there's repercussions for what you do. There's not. They treat everybody differently. So the NCAA has already been put on notice and put on blast. The issue now is if you pay an athlete, there is no amateurism. And if it's only in California or if this is a state-by-state law, now we're seeing an issue with recruiting and we're seeing an issue with an imbalance of power with college athletics across the country. But at the same time, the players are being used to make money, but they can't make any money themselves, which is why we lost all college football games because the NCAA couldn't even pay the players for their likeness. So I see both sides of the argument, both sides of the coin. I know that I gave a lot of background and kind of, you know, filled the table, but what are your thoughts, Ross? Um, well, see, I was an uh, NCAA athlete at a much lower level at Division Three Marywood University in Scranton, Pennsylvania, the Electric City. Uh, that's, of course, our alma mater. I love my experience, but I also, uh, and this is, a, this is such a smaller scale than an elite D1 sports like at Syracuse or at these California schools like at a USC, a USC or UCLA. But I saw there was a lot of people who struggled with um, how are they going to pay for things? Because, you know, you get meal money and you can maybe afford a sandwich, but then there were people like, but I also need gas money to get around to get to the sporting event. And you go on these buses and they were, there were so many people, you're grappling with all these things. And it's basically like a full-time job because a lot of times they're like, oh, but you can work a part-time job. Not always the case because even at the th- Division three level, it's become like a job because you're only guaranteed one day off a week during your season. And you're practicing for many hours, either early in the morning or at night. So you can't always get a part-time job at a grocery store or anything like that to make yeah. some extra money. Work study doesn't pay much. So you're left in this situation where I got a few dollars for a meal money to get something to eat. Do I use it to, to get my food? Do I try to keep it? But you're not allowed to keep it. Uh, and there, as you said, even like someone basically offers you a sandwich. There's so many rules and it's hard to understand them all. But you basically cannot accept gifts from people. You can't, you know, it's one thing for a birthday present, but you can't do anything that they would consider unkosher. And as you said, there's some teams and schools, they look the other way. There's some schools that get more major, they call the death penalties uh, in sports, where they ban them for years in postseason play. They take away victories. They took away the legendary Jim Beheim, a bunch of his victories, which was kind of not that, as you said, North Carolina, also in ACC they kind of get a slap on the wrist. So you wonder what's going on. And then, you know, you had the whole uh, cheated bribery scandal where celebrities like Felicity Huffman and Aunt Becky, who would have thought she'd be a scandal from Full House, that uh, at USC and a lot of these colleges, that they were bribing pretending kids were athletes to get scholarships. So there's even some serious jail time going on in those cases. Um, It's just such a crazy situation because then you see, like if if you've seen the most recent Aflac commercial with the annoying ducks in Aflac, well, you see the great Nick Saban. And Nick Saban wasn't much of an NFL head coach, but he's been a great college coach. But that's also because he has, like, the number one draft pick, like, in the NFL. But you got, like, ten of them each year coming, if not more, because a lot of the big recruits want to go to Alabama. They want to go to Clemson. Those are the elite schools now, even more than Notre Dame and, oh, and Penn State used to be. And he's shown off his national championship rings. And you just know how much money he probably made a ton of money for that commercial. He makes about $10 million a year. He gets basically free housing, like a, basically a mansion on campus. So he gets to profit a ton off of it, being an elite college coach. And you're like, okay, but then why can't the players just get basic things? So that's what I think in the end you would need to put a cap on something because I don't know if you can make it wide open for everyone because then it's like open up Pandora's box. And already you probably open up Pandora's box. And it's a free-for-all because 
as I said, the smaller school, uh, smaller school, the smaller sports that don't generate all this money from football and basketball, they they deserve to get paid as well. But then, but so that's why in the end, maybe what you'd have to do is you have to make a small stipend where you, they cut you a check where it's not a ton of money, but maybe it's like two thousand dollars for the year or for this for each two of the two semesters. Or that, like these elite athletes who play football and basketball and are very noticeable, that they could go and sign their autographs and make money off that, and maybe that's how they make their money. The only problem with that is you run the risk that if there's someone who's shady, uh, you know, a gambler, a bookie, who gets in these kids' ears who need money and say, what about you throw that game for me, which has happened in the past. There's been yeah. cheating scandals at Arizona State and a few others, and you have the Tim Donahue situation with the referee in the NBA – you have someone who gets in a kid's ear who needs money, then they might start tanking games, and then you lose the integrity of the actual sport, and you're like, is this WWE a professional wrestling? Is this real what I'm watching? Because I'd be the first to admit, because if I start to question how real the sport is, I'm going to have a hard time watching it. I enjoyed pro wrestling when I was seven, eight years old. I don't watch it anymore. I don't find it enjoyable at all. I want to make sure that it's real what I'm watching. I feel for these kids, because you know, I came from a middle-class background, I'm not tremendously hurting for money, but I definitely didn't have a ton of money. And I still at times am working different part-time jobs, part-time sports writer, part-time helping out now at like uh, Wilkes-Barre Penguin hockey games now, selling 50-50 raffle tickets. Whatever I can kind of get some extra money uh, to do, I do it do because I have family, I have uh, kids, growing family. I need to make that money. Yeah. And, th- and there are some of these athletes who even have kids at, at the, uh, ready in college, so that's even more of a concern for them. But a lot of these major athletes, especially in football, basketball, the ones who, get, who are the high draft picks, there's so much temptation. A lot of them come from backgrounds where they don't have a lot of money. And then with like a Reggie Bush situation, they allegedly were given money and buying mansions and fancy cars for his his parents. He claimed he didn't know anything about it. And in the end, he ended up giving away his Heisman Trophy and they took away one of their national championships. So it's such a tough thing. I think in the end, uh, you were kind of uh, the Nostradamus uh, predicting it. And a lot of people got this right. The NCAA model that we've known for over a century is going to go away. But I think the NCAA is going to fight it to the bitter end. I think this could go to Supreme Court. They're going to try to challenge this. They might. I uh, think they're definitely going to probably countersue the state of California and try to uh, make sure other big states, like Texas is big for college football and, and uh, athletic, athletics, they're going to try to stop these states. And I think this is going to end up in the courts. I think it's going to be tied up for a while in the courts. In the end, I think the best bet, and I don't know the exact answer, is you got to at least give stipends to each of these college athletes. And then if they can, within reason, up to a certain amount of money. I don't think you can let them make all the money in the world because if they want to do that, go to the pros. They yeah. should be able to make some money off like a, a college video game or at a uh, autograph signing, things like that. Uh, they should be able – and when they sell the jersey of a Zion Williamson last year as a superstar freshman from Duke, he should be able to make a little money off that. So they maybe should cap the number, but they should be able to make a certain amount of money. And someone smarter than me has to come up with that number that would be somewhat fair and equitable for all the athletes involved. Yeah, you know, and and the Pac-12, you know, we look at this, and like we've talked about the Autonomous Five, the Pac-12 gets the most help out of this because it's in the state of California, and they have a bunch of schools in the state of California, as Afor mentioned. It's such an unfair advantage if they leave the way it is now, and California can say, oh, come here, I can give you, get you paid. The other ones you can't legally, so that would be totally unfair. You know, and and that's that's a... that's one of the things here is that the state of California, once once a state passes it, and it's not supposed to take effect until 2023, but once a state passes that, it gives an opportunity for an unfair advantage. Now, the college sports industry, this is going to make some people sick, the college sports industry made 
$14 billion last year. 14 we're talking about 2018. 14 billion dollars in one calendar year. At least 14 billion dollars generated. And that is the conversation of where is the money going? Why can't the players get some of that? Asking the NCAA to share the money that they're making off the backs of the athletes is not going to happen. So then California says, all right, you know what? You make your $14 billion, we're going to go try and make some ourselves. And this is the issue that it creates because now we're looking at the fact that players inside of the state of California would be allowed to promote products and companies and be able to do things like that. They could get their own YouTube channels and and they'll get paid to market their name and their image and likeness. So could we see schools stop putting numbers on jerseys? Could, you know, I mean, right now they don't put, this is the thing, like, have you... If you're in Syracuse and you buy a jersey, a Syracuse football jersey number 13, it's Tommy DeVito. But DeVito's name's not on it, and DeVito doesn't get paid for it. So I've always been a proponent of saying, if you're going to make a jersey number 13, and everybody knows who it is, put DeVito on the back of it and give him money for every jersey sold, because Jesus knows that Syracuse sells those things way more than what they were taking. I mean, it's, I mean, you want to buy a jersey, like, let's, you know, let's, you know, I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to look up a Syracuse, hold on one second, because I want to get... I want to get because I'm in I'm in the level of transparency here. So I want to look up the jersey here and the actual price of it. So you think it'd be almost $100 at least. yeah, so we're going to we're going to shopqs.com right now and we're going to take a look at this and we're going to we're going to find the jerseys. Now, some of these jerseys are on sale, which I'm very I'm very surprised at. What does this say? Uh, see, these aren't these aren't the authentic. I want an authentic jersey. So let's take a look at where these authentic jerseys are. Let's go to shopping. Let's get the okay. So this one's not even an authentic one. It's seventy five dollars. Doesn't even look like a real jersey. So we're looking at some of these here. Yeah, because these these ones say Devito on them, and he's not getting paid for any of that. So let's let's do this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do Syracuse. Authentic football jersey, and let's see what we have for shopping. So, okay, so yeah, so Nike's selling the majority of the jerseys uh, across the board for like a hundred bucks. So, so for every hundred dollars, let's say it's a hundred dollars, probably a little bit more. For every hundred dollars sold, you can't give a couple bucks here and there to Tommy DeVito. I mean, give him fifteen bucks for every hundred sold, and you know, this, that, and the other. So just, just to kind of brass tax it and round number it, if it costs $100, then why can't you find a little bit of money to give to Tommy DeVito? But that's the issue. If they hit a, you know, as these games progressed and the technology progressed and they could make it look like your face and, and make it look like you. So when you're playing NCAA football, it looks like Robert Griffin III or it looks like, you know, Chandler Jones or whoever. If you wanted to be able to do this, so you give them a little bit of money there. You give them money for selling their jersey. Now we're not in a situation like this. Now we don't have an issue like this. So this is the problem that arises from all of this. So now where we stand, we're looking at the fact that, you know, these schools are going to be involved in a legal battle and California is going to be involved in it. I will say this, though, which really does piss me off because, you know, the Electoral College and this, that and the other is the fact that when California or New York makes a decision Everybody eventually has to fall in line. I think that's BS. If I'm from Montana or Pennsylvania or Ohio 
or, you know, Kansas or whatever, you know, I, West, Virgi West Virginia, why should I have to follow suit? So beyond all of this stuff, I think, you know, the reality of it all is it happened in California because everybody knows that California has a lot of pull. You know, if you're running for president and you get California, Florida, New York, you've almost won the damn election. So, I mean, it's it, to me, it's it's the reality that, you know, California and New York kind of judge where we're all going, which I don't think is fair. Yeah, unfortunately, they set the trends, which sometimes is a good thing for progress in our society. Uh, but then sometimes that also is bad because, as you said, there's the, the little states that could that get overlooked sometimes in the Midwest. And people consider them, the, they call them the quote-unquote flyover states, but they should be appreciated and heard from as well. Uh, but you know, the other thing besides just basic, like maybe just give them 10% of the of, of the amount of money of what you get for these jerseys. Because remember, that jersey might be $100. Nike or whoever's making those jerseys from any of these colleges, they're paying a lot less to make that jersey than the hundred dollars they're charging for it. Because yeah. I don't want to say where they're probably coming from, but there's a good chance they're probably paying very little <laughs> bit of money to make each of their jerseys and their apparel. And then you have like the say Syracuse and all these other major conferences. They have now a lot of their own networks. They just uh, have the ACC Sports Network. So I've seen a lot of people, uh, sometimes on your page and on other Facebook pages and, and posts, complaining that they don't have access to this channel and they're making a ton of money, uh, fortune off this. Right. And the players aren't going to make anything off this. As they said, they're doing this off the backs of these athletes. Right. And I take offense to this because I said it was at such a smaller scale, being a Division three athlete, not a D1 athlete. But I understood the hardships and I understood that this was basically like a full-time job you didn't have much time to do much else that you basically had schoolwork so you don't mess up and get flunk out because you had a, I know I won't say it's easy, but you had to at least have a 2.0 GPA to stay eligible, but a C average wasn't going to cut it for me. I still kept like a 3.73 whatever GPA. I had like an A average the whole way through. So to keep that, and I still worked a part-time job, and I did radio in the newspaper for communications like you did, yeah. and and then I still uh, was doing work study and playing sports. It was a lot on my plate. And then my last semester, so I could graduate on time, so I didn't have to take out even more loans because I'm still uh, 11 years after graduating. I'm still probably 20, uh, maybe another 10 to 20 years away from paying off my loans. Um, it, it's, it's, I still had to keep doing all these things, all these part-time jobs. And it was so hard to be able to find time just to do basic things. And sometimes I would eat a meal for the first time at 11 o'clock at night. The one time I had to eat uh, chicken fries, my brother would joke about it, uh, hmm. right on the right before practice started. And I gave back some of those chicken fries because we had a run at that, that practice. And that didn't go well, but that was my only time to eat before that practice. And I thought I was going to faint if I didn't eat before the practice. Yeah. Uh, so there's just little things that are kind of ridiculous. And I said, I'm still one of the lucky ones because I still came from a decent background, a decent uh, home life uh, with good parents. But even then it was hard. I can only imagine if you had even more on your plate. If you had kids, if you had a rough upbringing in your home, if you lived out far away from home, living on campus and you didn't know anyone, yeah. and then you have all this. And you know, it's so much temptation. There has to be a better way to do this. And they're making so much money off these players. And I just don't like it because they, anytime they want, uh, they can just put the, uh, lay down the hammer and say, oh, you're you're ineligible, your career is over. Yeah. So potentially your athletic career in the pros could be over unless you're the greatest ever because then it doesn't matter because you'll get a chance. But otherwise else, your career could be over and your livelihood and your scholarship could be taken away. And there goes your free education and possibly getting a job where you could live a decent life. So it's, I take a lot of uh, offense. I get angry by this. And I think California is on the right track. But it can't just be California. It has to be 
everyone has to come to an agreement here because it can't just be one state, can't just be a few schools because it has to be fair and smart people have to get in a room and come to an agreement because this is going to be tied up in courts, but we need to find a way to fix this because there's so much money involved. I think the players could get a little bit, even if it's just a, a fraction of a dollar of what these guys are making when everyone else is making so much money. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing is, is you know, like you said, you had the opportunity to, you know, speak to that behalf. And the NCAA, you know, governs the Division Three, and that's another problem in and of itself. The NCAA... No, scholar, no scholarship. Right. No athletic yeah. scholarship, D3. Yeah, they govern D3, but D2 you could get a scholarship, D1 you can get a scholarship, D3 you can't. And they used to have, like, you can't recruit or you can't whatever, but now you can recruit, but it's not like, you know, I mean... You, you're usually getting kids who flunk out of D1 or D2 or had an issue or got hurt because of the facts, you know, that, or they got overlooked because of the fact that, you know, you can't pay them. So, or you, you can't bring them in and give them a scholarship. So then there's the argument on the other side of you're getting a free education, but division three NCAA athletes are not getting a free education. So, you know, you can't have that argument in there as well, but they're all, Dan, we're talking about D1. No, we're talking about the NCAA. But Dan, They've had stories, I, if you ever want to watch Real Sports of Brian Gummel, it's an HBO show, and once a month they have a lot of features. They've had stories like North Carolina and some of these other colleges, a lot of elite universities, their free education, just so you know how you have to get the 2.0 GPA just to stay eligible, to do the bare minimum to stay eligible, and so usually only have to do it the semester before your sport plays in that, in that semester. Right. So only for one semester, and some of these one-and-done players in basketball, they only have to stay eligible and do decent enough for one semester, and that's it. Because once they play, they can't be ineligible to after that season, and they're one and done. They leave to go to the pros. That in some of these elite colleges, you should see the courses they're alleged to get in the free education and set them up for the rest of their life. Some of them is like intro to golf, how to play basketball for an elite Division One basketball. He's taking a class of how to play basketball. How is this a class that's going to help him in the real world? So that's the funny part and sad part in many ways. To make sure that they're eligible, they either have the cheating scandal sometimes where people do their work for them, yeah. uh, or they make it so easy, they give them Mickey Mouse how to bowl classes so they can have B's and C's at least, so they can be you know, they can be eligible enough to play their sport, and then they leave, and they can't do anything with that degree. Because there's some players who have even trouble at literacy, can have trouble reading and writing at a, at a regular level as, as an adult a man or woman after coming out of college because they didn't get a real education. Yeah. So that doesn't always work, that argument. No, you know, and, and that's and that's the reality of it all is that, you know, there's so many different sides, so many different elements of this. But when you really break it down, NCAA has Division One, Two, and Three. They don't pay their Division Three athletes. That's one thing. They, they don't have a free education for those athletes. That's something that needs to change because you look at schools like Marywood who might be suffering with enrollment and this, that, and the other thing at different times. If you had paid those athletes to go there, there is a better chance that they could go there. But if there's a D2 school that's local or they could go the JUCO route and spend less money, they might do something like that. So the reality of it all is the NCAA, first and foremost, and this is a discussion for a different day, but it's just the reality of it all. The NCAA, if they want to govern Division 1, 2, and 3, then they need to have free education for Division 1, 2, and 3. With that being, and, and I feel like you'd agree with that, Ross, since you were a D3 athlete. Absolutely. Definitely. Because even with me, I had great grades. The only type of scholarship I had is I had a small partial academic scholarship that I had to keep doing well in and keep busy in A average to keep and even that was only about 3000 a year and my whole education for the year it's gone up now it's been 12 years since I graduated it was about 35 40000 for the year and I got maybe about 
3500 for the whole year off on a scholarship that I had to keep doing well to the Cape, and it still barely paid for anything. I had to take a lot of private loans and high-interest loans that I'm still going to be paying off for years to come. Well, and that's so, the, yeah, right. And that's the thing, is that, you know, you're in a situation where, and for those of you just tuning in, listening and watching, thank you so much. We're inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios. This is Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and you're hanging out with myself and the birthday boy, Ross Turetsky, this morning. We're talking about the NCAA. We're talking about the athletes uh, potentially getting paid. You've left so many comments uh, about this on our social media, and I'm going to be getting to your comments uh, this week, and, and I'm really looking forward to the opportunity of reading these comments because people didn't just give you know short answers. You guys gave gave you know some pretty bulky answers that I want to get to and break down. But you know, it is. It's it's. I mean, I, I look at the fact that I, I played basketball, okay, and I got whatever you want to call it, recruited to go to Marywood University and to be a part of that team. Now, I chose the broadcasting route, but I did have that phone call. I had that conversation with Eric Grunman at the time. And, you know, I, I wasn't going to get paid, obviously, to go there and play. But I got a presidential scholarship. I got a ton of money off of my, I think it was like 10000 a year or whatever off my education. But I'm still paying my student loans. I had a 98% average my junior year in high school, which is the most important year that the schools look at. I still have student loans. I had a 393 out of four in my GPA at Marywood in my major and finished my entire collegiate time with a 382 overall. I still have college loans. So, you know, you look at that side of it and you say, okay, you know, you get a free education. What are you complaining about? But there's another argument to this. The fact that what do they, what does the NCAA say? Like 4%. And then this is the thing, they kind of bit themselves in the butt by accident. They have that commercial where it's like, it's got, yeah, all the athletes, like 4% of us are actually going to go pro. So it's important to, you know, get an education, NCAA, you know, where, you know, we're here to do other things in life, you know, and, and there's that, that 4%, 4%, 4%, you know, 1%, 4%, 3%, whatever it becomes. But it's like so little of us are actually going to become pro in the sports that we play. That's why it's important to be a student and student athlete, yada, yada, yada. Well, that kind of bites you in the butt because that means that over 90% of the players that you're making money off of are never going to make money professionally playing the sport that they love, which opens California's case of if they don't get paid in college, they may never get paid. So you're going to make money off of them. They're not going to make money off themselves. Then they don't make it in the NBA or the NFL or this, that, and the other, and or they don't make it in the Olympics. So then they never make money because there's a finite amount of spots so that brings up the argument in favor of the players saying, if I can't make money off myself for one to two to three, four years, and I never get to play in the NFL as a quarterback, I mean, look at Eric Dungy's situation. If he never gets picked up and he never gets an opportunity in the NFL, Syracuse has made money off of him. The NCAA has made money off of him. The ACC has made money off of him. And at the end of the day, he'll never make a dollar for playing football. And that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and he was one of the all-time greats at uh, Syracuse. Record setter, yeah. Yeah, and he had a great uh, job, won the bowl game last year, had a great season under Dino Babers, and uh, didn't work out with the Giants. I heard he had a few workouts, I think one even with Cleveland recently. So he's trying, 
And I think he realizes he can't just, like Tim Tebow said, quarterback or nothing, and now he's trying to make it as a baseball player because Tebow wouldn't give it and, and would play anything, willing to play anything other than quarterback, but he maybe could have made it as a uh, as a safety, a cornerback on defense or all, another offensive skill position. Where Dungey seems willing to play any position you offer him, he'll try his best to do. And uh, so that's why I'm hoping a guy like that, he can make something. And Penn State had a quarterback last year, Trace McSorley. He got drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. He realizes he can't just limit yeah. himself to quarterback. You have to try to open yourself to a lot of things. But you're right. Taysom Hill player. with the Saints as well. So there's Taysom Hill on that side of it too. Uh, absolutely. and then, But that's the thing. A lot of these guys are great players, but they might never make anything uh, collegi- uh, uh, you know, uh, in the pros, and they weren't allowed to make anything collegiately. So then – you know, everyone poo-poo's the one, the players who do sometimes accept these gifts. Sometimes you'll never know about it. Other scandals get found out, and it's it's very embarrassing to the college. As like a Reggie Bush, he ended up giving away his Heisman Trophy, and they took away national championship banners. Rick Pitino and John Calipari. I know you're not the biggest fan of either of those coaches. <laughs> yeah. They've had Final Four banners ripped down. They've had national championship banner ripped down. I think Louisville had their banner ripped down. Yeah. I think what is it, 2013? Uh, and then there, you know, Petito makes it seem like he's just the victim. Like, why are you coming after me in my college? Even though they're like, you should have had better control over what was going on because right. there's a lot of craziness going on with recruits and parties and offers and presents and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's such a tough thing. And as I said, these these college coaches, even if they eventually you know lose their job over a scandal, a lot of the big college coaches have made millions and millions of dollars. They're set for life. Yeah. You know, they just maybe can't coach again at, at elite level. Maybe they'll go down to high school or, or coach at AAU or coach children. But these athletes, the ones who did it, played by the book and did what they were supposed to do, they didn't make a penny off of it. And they better hope that, you know, as the, all those guys who aren't turning pro, as they said in the commercial, that they can make something out of their lives with uh, with their degree and maybe run a business, become a doctor or lawyer. Because if not, you're going to be you know, a lot of a lot of great people who I didn't realize this when I graduated and I've had to take jobs like this. I've worked at grocery stores even after graduating college. And I'm like, oh, after college, that's only for high school college kids. But once you have a degree, you don't need to have those jobs. That's what I thought. I realized that's not the case because I've very recently have been skating people out, people who have no degrees, and I'm checking out their groceries as a cashier, wearing the name tag, like I'm 16 years old again. And at times I'm embarrassed, I'm ashamed by it. But a lot of people, there's people who have master's degrees who work at grocery stores with me and uh, at Walmarts and all that, and they have to do whatever it takes to survive and support and put food on the table for their family, their, their children. And that's all I think about now. Now that I have kids and I have a wife is... Make sure they're taken care of, provided for, and hopefully they have a better life than I do at this point. And, like, I want to have a great life. I've had a pretty nice life already at 33. Yeah. But I know that my main objective is to make sure that they live comfortably and they don't have to worry about where their next meal is, what they're going to be able to do, if I can buy them a toy or a clothes. I'm going to do it, but I know that I'm going to have to do a lot of types of jobs that I might not like to do because there's no guarantees with your college degree and there's no guarantees with these guys who aren't going to pro and will not make a cent off this. Meanwhile, these colleges are getting fat, uh, very fat and rich off these kids. And in the end, they get nothing for it. Besides, you get memories. I admit, I love the memories of playing yeah. with my friends and you're, you get brothers and family this way because people who you never knew before, they become your brothers out there, your sisters and all that. And But in the end, that's all you get to keep from it. You get to keep the memories and some relationships. Otherwise, else you feel kind of like, why did I do this sometimes? And you feel kind of uh, left out on the party. Yeah, you know, and, and speaking here with Ross Tretzky this morning, bring up a good point about it. I mean, you feel left out of the party, outside of the memories that you make. It's like, you know, why did I do this? You know, why did, why did I put myself through this? And the thing is, 
you know, we talk about D3 and the conversation of D3. I mean, these athletes are putting in so much work. You are putting in so much work as, you know, when you were playing baseball and whatnot. And, you know, John Granquist and Mark Granquist, I mean, on the baseball team as well. You put in you put in the work that they're putting in, you know, D1, D2. I mean, you all have to play baseball. Right. You're not doing less work. You're just making no money. You still have no time. You still have no life. You know, I mean, I dated a soccer player. And she had absolutely no time. She literally woke up in the morning and like maybe would go to practice in the morning and then would go to class and then would try to eat something and then would go run and then would have to go back to class. And then, you know, by the end of the day, if you got to sit together and hang out, whatever she, you know, she's ready to fall asleep. And, you know, it's either you stay up all night or you go to bed. And, you know, when I, when I think back on those times and, you know, the, the difficultness of that all, it's like there was never a free moment. And when there was free time, it was, do I call my friends? Do I hang out with my friends? Do I hang out, you know, like in her head, it's like, do I hang out with my boyfriend? Do I hang out with my friends? Do I do my homework? Do I go to get something to eat? Do I go to the movies? Do I take a nap? You know, and, and that was D3. So, you know, we look at this and there's so much on student athletes where people say, well, why don't you just get a job if you need money? You have no time to get a job. And not only do you have no time to get a job, there are some things barring you, at least in Division One, from being able to go out there and get a job because of your dedication. And when the, I mean, I look at these football players, you're practicing, you're going to school, you're going to study hall or tutoring or whatever, you're eating, and then you're doing this and you're doing that, and then there's a game day. I mean, I'm a broadcaster, and... I'll do a game on Saturday and then I'll start doing my show and doing another show. And before I know, I'm like, oh my God, it's the next Saturday. Now I got to do the pregame show. I got to do, I mean, when Syracuse has a noon game, let's say I leave at 11 o'clock to go to the dome. So I leave at 11 o'clock. The game starts at noon. The game doesn't end until interviews and everything till like 4.30. Then I have to drive to the Wildcat Sports Pub, do my postgame show. Then the postgame show ends. It's seven hours, seven to eight hours for me as a broadcaster to give up. I've given up 11 o'clock in the morning till seven o'clock at night. I have no afternoon. I have the morn, the early morning. And at this point, it's now seven o'clock and I'm trying to eat dinner and I'm not a player. So, you know what I mean? It's like if you look at the world of sports and you just look at us broadcasters and writers around the world of sports, we give up eight hours a day. They give up like 16. We're sitting here going, crap, I just want to be able to sit down, you know, with, with, with the person that I love and have a damn sandwich. I want to be able to call my mom or, you know, watch a game or this and that. And we're, we're not the players. The players have to go there, get ready, do the walkthrough, you know, start warming up maybe they're there at 9 a.m. or 10 a.m., the game's at noon, and then after that, coach wants to talk to them. So, I mean, they're spending all that time, and then if you lose that game and you really care, you're watching film. So, you know, your I mean, there's players that literally go and hug their parents and hug their girlfriend and spend like 15 minutes with them, and then it's like, all right, well, we got to go back to the thing. And I've seen it with the NCAA tournament. Girlfriend comes over, parents come over. Hug, hug, kiss. Great to see you. Can't believe you drove 1,100 miles to see me. 15 minutes later, sorry, got to go. Coach Bayheim says we got to get on the bus. We got to get ready for tomorrow because we play at noon. And, you know, I, I mean, it's 
the reality of life as a player is very difficult. So to look at this and say you get a free education, which I'm guilty of this before, you know, when you look at D1, D2, to say you get a free education, what are you complaining about? I would have loved to get a free education. But you, you get a free education, you have no time, the NCAA makes money hand over fist over you, and at the end of the day, what do you have to show for it? If you never make it professionally, you have made no money, and, you know, like, again, if I'm Eric Dungy, the NCAA has made money off of me, the ACC's made money off of me, Syracuse University's made money off of me, the city of Syracuse has made money off of me, and I have made nothing off of myself. Well, that's not true, Dan. He can sign an endorsement deal. With who? If he doesn't get signed by an NFL team, Nike's not going to sign him. Adidas isn't going to sign him. Under Armour's not going to sign him until they know that he has something like that. So, you know, it's it's just the reality of, you know, uh, uh, for every Tiger Woods, there's two, three, four, ten, twenty thousand 20,000 kids going, I can play golf. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it, it's it's just the reality that, yes, they get a free education, but at the same time, that free education is coming from the university. That's not coming out of the pocket of the NCAA. So when the NCAA is like, well, we're making $16 billion a year, but we're paying for the educations of all these kids. You're not. Syracuse is covering that $70,000 cost. You're not covering that as the NCAA. So the NCAA is not having to give anything. They're only seeking to gain. And we know this in reality. If you give in a relationship, you want to get back. If you are the person in the relationship that takes 100% and gives 0%, eventually you'll, you'll, you'll lose that relationship because there are no successful relationships that are built on taking and never giving back. Absolutely. I, I totally reality. agree. And then, uh, as you said with Dungey, probably the only thing you do, and they probably, unfortunately, wouldn't really want him now, besides saying a uh, former Syracuse legendary quarterback, is if he can get like a local like car dealership commercial locally in the Syracuse area, because otherwise else, no one's going to want him. And even there, they might not want him just because he's not a current star athlete anymore. Maybe he becomes a coach or something. Like Jerry McNamara went from being a, a star basketball player at Syracuse, and now he's become an assistant coach. But And then even more, uh, uh, you know, you're talking about the time commitment for broadcasters and even more athletes. Just imagine the ones who are coming off injuries, and then they have to do physical therapy and medical treatments before the game to get ready after the game uh, to uh, heal their bodies, or the ones who are injured blow up their knee, ACL possibly, uh, you know, their football or basketball could be over, uh, and they're working their way back, they're rehabbing, and they don't even have anything to show for it. They just have to wor work out and uh, be like a hamster on a wheel all day, uh, working out and committing to this team. And in the end, it's like, what did I give up for all this time for? And if the, if they hurt themselves, besides the superstars who think they're within one draft pick and they take out insurance policies on them, there's nothing for them at the end in terms of actual guaranteed money that will be committed to them. And uh, so you're, it's such a fine line because you hurt your knee or get a significant injury in college and your whole plans can go up in smokes. So you better find a plan B and that's not always easy to do. You better hope that degree works for you because it's so it's such a fragile state there because if you get hurt in any way, yeah. you're, everything that you hoped for and you were anticipating for and your family might have hoped for, that you're going to let, you know, a lot of people say, I'm going to buy my uh, parents a house and fancy car, and I show them I appreciate all they did for me uh, to get me to this point. You, you get injured badly, your career goes up in smokes, that, that plane goes out the window. And uh, meanwhile, in CAA, they'll be rich for forever and ever. And that's why part of me kind of, I almost like the Joker, I kind of want to see the chaos a little bit, 
Yeah. I want to see where this goes. I want it to be an equitable, fair agreement on both sides here between the the, the powerful people of the colleges and the NCAA organization and then the players who I care about the most yeah. in this situation. But I also kind of want to see how crazy will this get. And will this go to the Supreme Court? Is this going to be something that they're going to make movies on years from now about court cases, about challenging what's right and wrong? And I think there will be. I think we're going to see some major court cases and Supreme Court justices who maybe are going to decide on how this is going to go down. Yeah, you know, and, 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 that's, and that's where we're at right now. Because, again, as I said a few years ago, the NCAA and the way that they carry themselves, there is no, if you do this, then this happens. It's, if you do this and your name is North Carolina, nothing happens. If you do this and you're Syracuse, you get treated like you ran somebody over with a truck. If you do this and you're St. Bonaventure, you can't play in a playoff that you're not even going to make it to. If you're UConn and you do this and while we're investigating you, you win a championship, you can keep the championship. If you're And this is my question I asked the NCAA. If Louisville didn't win the championship in men's division one basketball in 2013, then why don't you give the money back for all the tickets that you sold? Why don't you give all that money to charity? Cause if those games never happened, you still made the money. And if those games never happened, then you owe me over a thousand dollars because I covered those games and I was in Atlanta. So if those games were stricken from the history of mankind, then that means that they didn't happen. And if they didn't happen, then that means that my invisible wallet needs some invisible money put back into it. It was Michigan. The yeah. Wolverines do not get that championship banner. They get a Final Four appearance banner, right. but they're not going to get the championship banner. They don't just give it to the runner-up, just like Heisman Trophy. When they take it away from someone, they don't uh, give it to anybody they, else. They're not going to give it to the number two guy in the voting. Yeah. You just don't get it. It's, it's thrown away. It, it just it's like wiped out of the record books. But in my memory, I still remember what <laughs> happened. I know who yeah. won it, and you were there. And uh, you know, in Atlanta, I remember seeing it from my house. Where the, uh, the the cast members of Anchorman, Will Ferrell, Steve Carell, Paul Rudd, celebrities filming Anchorman Two were there as well. Right. So we were all there. Were there. A lot of people. <laughs> there were a lot of people there, and it existed. But the NCAA wants you to think none of it existed until allegedly they might want to bring it back. Like I know with Penn State, they took away a lot of uh, Joe Paterno's victories. He became the all-time winners coach. They took that away, and then they decided to give the wins back. So it's it's very weird because they take away wins from Jamehaim. And somebody takes them away, and then down the road, they might give the wins back. They might give certain things back. Unity championship banners, they don't give back. They claim that those are vacated, never happened. But it's weird that they can take things away and then bring them back whenever they see fit. And there should be a, a kind of a universal standard of what they're going to do, what the standard is, and they don't seem to do it. So kind of willy-nilly yeah. how they're going to decide who gets what, who gets punished, and who gets unscathed. Yeah, you know, and that's that's the reality, and that's why I said that they're going to they were going to be in this position where within five to ten years they were not going to exist anymore, and at least not exist the way that we remember them because of the fact that they do not govern according to the rule. Okay, like if I was a parent right now and I said, "Honey, I said, honey, if you put your hand in the cookie jar." then you're going to have to sit on the stair for an hour. You're going to have to think about what you did. No toys, no games, no nothing. You're just going to have to sit there and you're going to have to think about it. So she puts her hand in the cookie jar and I go, and I say to my one daughter, well, daddy loves you. You can go play. And I say to my other daughter, well, daddy loves you, but not as much as the other one. And the other one makes daddy money. So, you know, you can't. I mean, it's just... It's it's just the ridiculousness of the fact that the NCAA is constantly contradicting itself, const constantly going back and forth, constantly finding itself 
in all of these arguments that make absolutely no sense and they never respond, they never answer clearly why they do what they do. They don't answer to the fact that they have favoritism. They don't answer to the facts that they have no control. They don't answer to the fact that sometimes they decide to go ham on an investigation and in other times they do nothing. And they don't answer to the fact that they want to say that they are a nonprofit organization that just made $16 billion. You find any nonprofit organization and hand them $16 billion. I think at that point you can call them a profit organization because it's not like the NC. I mean, somebody, making money in this thing and that is the ridiculousness and I said there needs to be a check and balance there needs to be a governing body that is governing the NCAA that is why we have the the judicial the legislative and the executive branches because they're supposed to watch each other from getting complete power with that being said we're going to take a step aside for a quick fast break and this is to usher in and to welcome for the first time ever. It's 1021. That's my birthday time. So it is now time to officially welcome into the family Trapper's Pizza Pub. Here they are. This is a wake-up call fast break. Trapper's Pizza Pub, located on 5950 Butternut Drive in East Syracuse. Right off of Bridge Street is your local community supporter, right around the corner. Join us on site at Trapper's Pizza Pub for our live monthly broadcast supporting Central New York student athletes and their sports programs. Call 315-438-4444 for more information. And find us on Facebook and Instagram at Trapper's Pizza Pub. Trapper's Pizza Pub, your local community supporter right around the corner. The official welcoming of Trapper's Pizza Pub true to the family. We want to welcome them here. They've been on the website on wakeupcalldt.com. So for those of you that did a little sneak peek, you saw that they were already added to the sites on wakeupcalldt.com about a week or so ago, and now they are officially a part of the family. They join us for the local high school broadcast we're going to be doing. You know that at the Wildcat Sports Pub, we have West Genesee. You know at Home Team Pub, we have Liverpool. And now with the addition of Trapper's Pizza Pub, we're going to be adding yet another school to the fray, and we welcome them in. You can find them at trapperspizza.com. That's trapperspizza.com. Dot com. They are open Monday through Sunday. They're open Monday through Thursday from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., Friday from 11.30 a.m. to midnight, and they're open Saturday from you know, all the way through. They're open uh, Saturday from noon to 11.30 p.m., and then Sunday from noon to 8 p.m., and obviously showing you the games and having some fun there. They have their great outdoor patio and they have, you know, as the weather stays nice, hopefully up here in central and upstate New York, they have their volleyball courts as well. And they have games for the kids and so much more. So welcome to the family officially Trapper's Pizza Pub for being here with us. And thank you to the crew that got together and came into the studio and did that commercial for us. So a big time welcome to Trapper's Pizza to the family. And we appreciate you here. You're going to be hearing their message every single broadcast of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time. So we look forward to that and we look forward to being on site on location. With that being said, we are here with Ross Tretzky, one of my closest friends, and it is his birthday today, and he's a sports writer in northeastern Pennsylvania, a tremendous human being and somebody I always appreciate. 
having here on the broadcast. Ross, we have talked about the NCAA, so we're going to shift gears a little bit here to Major League Baseball and get your thoughts. The playoffs officially start tonight, so we're going to be given, and, and you wanted to do this, and, and I agree, I think it's a great idea. You wanted to give our prognostication of this, so who do we think is going to win the NL wild card and the AL wild card, and then uh, eventually, you know, who are we going to pick to go forward from here? So I'm going to open the door to you, and then I'll give my predictions to follow. All right. Well, yeah, I love uh, baseball season. The only thing sad about October is that, you know, the baseball season's coming to an end soon. But what's exciting is that it all converges all together with basketball, hockey coming back, football well underway a month into their season, and then baseball playoffs, the height of baseball season, and getting ready for the World Series by the end of this month. Yeah. All, at one point, all four sports will be being played at once, which is very rare throughout the year. Uh, tonight's NL wildcard game, I love that they've been doing this. It's been going on since, I think, 2012 where you get an extra playoff team each league. American League naturally get five teams now, two wild card winners, but you now have an instant win-or-go-home kind of Super Bowl playoff football feel where you have to play in a one game. You're considered a playoff team, but your playoff season can go up in smoke just like that in one day. And baseball is known for playing series. Uh, the first round, the division series is best of five. The league championship series, the whole series is best of seven where you have to win four games to win a series. This is one game, winner take all. So tonight, uh, the game's at home in Washington, D.C. The Washington Nationals made the playoffs if they start off poorly. Uh, they they lost Bryce Harper to the division rival Philadelphia Phillies in free agency. So they were out with one of the, arguably their best players. But they added pitchers. They added Patrick Corbin. They have Max Scherzer, who's a beast on the mound. He's pitching tonight. They're ace was a two-time Cy Young Award winner, Steven Strasburg, a great pitcher. And the other guy stepped up in the place of Bryce Harper when he left to Philly. So you got him. Uh, you got the Nationals hosting this game against Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers have probably the best player in the National League. He won the MVP last year. Probably was going to win it again this year. He's going to be a candidate to win it again, Kristen Yelich. Yeah. But he's out for the playoffs because he ended up fouling ball off his kneecap, broken kneecap. So even without him for the last two weeks of the season, they didn't skip a beat. They made the playoffs, stayed hot. But I still think if Yelich was healthy and this game was in Milwaukee, I'd give the Brewers a chance. They were one game away from one of the World Series last year before losing Game 7 in Milwaukee to the Dodgers to go to the World Series. They go on the road to Washington, D.C. I think the home team in a one-game winner-take-all game has the advantage. The Brewers without Kristen Yelich, the offense is lacking a bit, even though they still have some talented guys, Stockis and Ryan Braun. Uh, but in the end, I think the Nationals have the better, more dominant playoff experience pitcher in Scherzer. The Nationals, have, uh, who used to be the Montreal Expos, have not won a playoff series ever in their existence. But for at least this wild card in one game, I think they'll beat the Brewers. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it'll be about 4-2. to two. I think Nationals win tonight. They'll win the NL wild card game, and that will make sure then they'll have to play the top seed in the National League. They'll play the Dodgers, who have been in the World Series two years in a row. They're going to try to make it three years in a row, but they haven't won the World Series since 1988, it's been a long drought, even though they've had a lot of success everything but the World Series. I think the LA Dodgers will beat the Nationals. Too much firepower offensively and pitching. I think the Dodgers will beat the Nationals in six games. So the Dodgers, I think, will go back to the World Series for the third year in a row. So that's my pick with that. With the American League, uh, and then the last one, the National League, it's going to be Braves, Atlanta Braves for St. Louis Cardinals, who won yeah. the NL Central on the last day. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Braves to win that series over the Cardinals in five games. It's going to go to the max. They'll win uh, three games to two in that series. And then, uh, so then I think the Dodgers, they will, uh, the, the Dodgers, after knocking off the Nationals, uh, uh, they're going to end up playing, they're going to end up playing the Atlanta Braves in the NLCS. I think Dodgers beat the uh, Braves in six games, which is they beat the Braves last year in the first round. 
Dodgers go to the World Series, Americanly, I'll quickly do. Uh, tomorrow night, it's going to be in Oakland, California. It's two underdogs. If you love Rocky and Little Engine, that could, this is your game on ESPN tomorrow night because it's the two the lowest pay, uh, payrolls in baseball besides the stinky Miami Marlins, who, like the Miami Dolphins, are trying to lose, basically. But the Tampa Bay Rays have the lowest payroll in baseball, and the Red Sox have the highest payroll in baseball, and so do the Cubs, and both the Red Sox and Chicago Cubs are not in the playoffs this year. Red Sox just won the World Series last year. No playoffs. Tampa Bay Rays with the lowest payroll. With you know, They only got young guys, and when they get really good, the young guys usually leave to make more money because they can't pay it. Tampa Bay goes on the road to Oakland. I think that's going to be an exciting matchup. I'm going to go with Oakland to win that. Again, I'm going with the home team in the one-game winner-take-all game. Great offenses, solid pitching. I'm going to go with Oakland to win that game. I'll go with 6-3 to three in a close game. So then Oakland will take on the number one seed, the Houston Astros, yeah. who won the whole World Series two years ago. I actually, that's my pick to win the World Series again. I think the Astros uh, will beat Oakland in five, in five games. I think goes to the max, beats, uh, beats Oakland to get to the ALCS. The Yankees play the Twins starting Friday night in Yankee Stadium. The Twins had a great season win in their division. So did the Yankees, who had to play in the wild card two years in a row, don't have to do that. Yankees have had a lot of injuries, but they got a lot of their guys back. Jim Carl Stanton's back, Aaron Judge is back, uh, Luis Severino, great pitchers back. Uh, so all those injuries, they've overcome it, won over 100 games, won their division. Now it's time for the Yankees with a healthy team to see if they can all be cohesive unit, which they haven't been all year because of injuries, and win in the playoffs. Haven't won the World Series in 10 years, which for normal people is not a long time, but for Yankee fans, we're spoiled. We've won 27 World Series. Uh, the most World Series championships ever in all of baseball. They expect another championship. So, Yankees, I'm going to go with them beating the Twins in four games. They've dominated the Twins, both in the AL wildcard game two years ago and in past postseasons in recent memory. Uh, Yankees will win that series in four games over the Twins to go to the against the Astros. It's the rematch of the 2017 ALCS that went to do or die game seven. Yeah. But I think, sadly, I'll be rooting for the Yankees. I think Houston, if I have to, have a level head and, and not think with my heart. I have to think with my brain here, not just the Yankee fan. I'm going to go with the Astros here. I'm not going to be biased here because the Astros in the end have home field advantage in that series. I think it would be big if they, Game 7 would take place at Yankee Stadium. It will not. If it goes to the distance, it will go be played in Texas. I think the Astros win it. They'll win their games at home like they did two years ago against the Yankees. The Yankees yeah. will dominate at home in New York when they don't lose. Astros win in seven games over the Yankees, go to the World Series against the Dodgers like two years ago. They upset the Dodgers in seven games, and I'm going to go with the Astros once again. Dodgers make the World Series three years in a row. I think they lose three years in a row, and the Astros beat them again after the Red Sox beat the Dodgers last World Series. I think it's going to go the distance. It goes to seven games, a classic World Series. But in the end, heartbreak for the L.A. fans. The Astros win their second World Series title in three years, yeah. second overall in their history, and they beat them in seven games and are World Series champions in 2019. Too much great pitching with Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, and Zach Greinke. Too much great offensive firepower. Uh, even the little guy, Jose Altuve, who I think is shorter than both of us combined, and he's still <laughs> the one of the best players in baseball. And baseball proves you could be a little guy and still dominate the sport. He's a great player. So much offense, so much great pitching and defense. Too much. There's not a clear weakness for the Astros. Astros have home field advantage. Best record in all of baseball. Astros are going to win the World Series over the Dodgers in seven games, like they did two years ago. So those are my picks, and now let's hear yours. Yeah, you know, and, and thank you for that. Ross Stratsky, once again, uh, big-time baseball fan and a baseball player in in his lifetime as well, a sports writer and sportscaster in the state of Pennsylvania and one of my closest friends and colleagues, consider him a brother. He just gave you his thoughts on the Major League Baseball postseason. Well, I'm going to 
Give mine now, go on my side of it. So the Milwaukee Brewers and the Washington Nationals, I know that Washington has the opportunity uh, to be at home in this one, but I'm going to go with Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee is going to be able to squeak this one out, get a victory to head off against the Dodgers, but I don't think it's going to do much of anything. I have the Dodgers advancing past the Milwaukee Brewers in their series, and then the Braves and the Cardinals, I've chosen the Braves as well. I believe that the Braves going up against the the, uh, Dodgers will eventually end with the Los Angeles Dodgers, the former Brooklyn Dodgers. I miss you. But the, the former Brooklyn Dodgers, I believe, will advance as the NL champion on one side of the coin. On the other side, Tampa and the and the Oakland A's. I'm going to go with the Oakland A's in this one. I think they're going to win the game. They're going to advance forward. It's not going to mean much of anything because the Houston Astros are my favorite. They're going to win that series. The Yankees will defeat the Twins, and then the Yankees will face off against the Astros. The Yankees, in their first series against the Astros in the regular season this season, lost that series 0-3. They won the second one 3-1, but I believe ultimately Houston will have their number. I think Houston advances over the Yankees. The Dodgers advance over the Braves, and we have Houston in L.A. I have the same one as you, and I'm going with the Houston Astros to win this thing. And I told myself that, uh, you know, I mean, the, the thing about the Houston Astros is they jumped from one league to the other league to try and even things out. And ever since they jumped, they went from the worst team in baseball to a team that perennially in recent history could vie to win the championship to buy to win the world series. So I, you know, I think that this is pretty amazing. It's a phenomenal story. It's tremendous. And I'm very excited about what's to come here. I do want to give a shout out before we go anywhere to the Yankees, as well as the Minnesota twins, the Houston Astros and the Los Angeles Dodgers for all winning a hundred plus games this season. The Dodgers went one Oh six and 56 and they were the only team in the National League to do it. Nobody in the Central, nobody in the East. The Dodgers in the West did it. Shout out to my Diamondbacks, who at least got to second place, but it didn't mean much of anything. They were 21 games behind the Dodgers, but they got to 85 and 77. Houston Astros had the best record in baseball in the regular season, 107 and 55. The Yankees 103 and 59, and the Twins 101 and 61 after 162 games. So Ross and I, ironically, and it'll be fun if it happens, uh, historically, have both chosen the Astros to come out of the AL, the Dodgers to come out of the NL, and the Astros to win the 2019 World Series. So I'm going to be watching. You're going to be watching. I'm really excited about this. Imagine if the Dodgers lose for the third year row. It's great to be back in the World Series. They're going to start being like the Buffalo Bills in the early 90s, which I know Buffalo fans would kill to get to the Super Bowl four years in a row. They finally broke their 18-year playoff drought two years ago when they lost to your Jaguars in the first round. But the Bills made up four Super Bowls in a row and lost four Super Bowls in a row. That's what they're mostly known for. Great experience, great success, but no championship to show for besides your league championship. And the Dodgers lose again for the third year in a row in the World Series. There's going to be some pressure. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of uh, movies and celebrity buzz and, and stars who go to these games. And going to the World Series is great, but it's not enough if you don't win it. You constantly keep losing it. And then the L.A. Rams just lost the Super Bowl and played ugly in that game against the Patriots when they only kicked the field goal. Yeah. And their high-power offense, Sean McVay and Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, was shut down by the Patriots and Bill Belichick. So L.A., they want to see winners. And the celebrities can be fickle fans, so... The Ashton Kutchers and the movie stars, they might not want to show up if they're not going to be seeing the championship. So it'd be interesting to see if they go to the World Series three years in a row but lose it for the third year in a row, how will the fans react and will they start getting the same kind of stigma as the Bills did in the early 90s? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And so we're in a position right now where I think the Dodgers will make it like you do. I think that they will lose to the Astros. And, I, you know, like I said, all you know, all it took was Houston jumping from the NL to the AL to, cha- to change the game. And being in the West and being a part of that, the Houston Astros, you know, over the Oakland A's, the Texas Rangers, the Los Angeles Angels, and the Seattle Mariners. And that's a tough division, at least in, you know, in our history here, that Seattle used to have a team that was number one there. The Angels obviously have won a World Series. Mark Lukashevitz, who lives in central New York, won it with them in the early 21st century. The Texas Rangers have been strong. So it's not an easy division historically, but the Houston Astros have been able to come out of it, do what they need to do, and they only got above the A's by 10 games in that. The closest race of any of the divisions was in the National League East where the Braves were four games ahead of the Nationals, 97-65 and 65, to the Nationals, 93-69. and 69. So with that being said, let's take a fast break on the broadcast. We'll come back and get some NFL talk in here right after this. We're here with Ross Turetsky all morning this morning as we celebrate his birthday and as in, in, in lieu of his birthday and in excitement of his birthday, we have a bunch of gifts on the table. Those are topics and they're proudly brought to you by Mon Paz Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory. We've been opening each one of those. The NCAA one, that was a big old gift. Took a lot of time to put it together and somehow it keeps breaking And then we'll have an opportunity after the baseball playoffs to speak on the NFL and the sport of football right after this. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Charney's Men's Clothing is your one-stop shop for your men's dress-up and dress-down wear. Located on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, Charney's Men's Clothing is proud to be your trusted name for decades in suits, sport coats, tuxedos, and all accessories. Charney's Men's Clothing also provides sports and leisure-themed casual wear for the everyday man. Stop in and see our welcome and friendly staff on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse. Dominic's Restaurant, located on 1370 Burnett Avenue in Syracuse, is your home for Trivia Wednesday nights, 7 to 9 p.m., featuring host Dan Tortora. Assemble your team and join us at Dominic's Restaurant for free trivia with weekly prizes. Call 315-471-4262 to reserve your team's table. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop. Mon Paz Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory, located on 201 7th North Street in Liverpool, is home to over 40 flavors with more than 200 flavors in their total wheelhouse. Sky's the limit for this sweet and savory Central New York company. Keep it local at your parties, fundraisers, wedding showers, baby showers, and more by calling 315-450-MAPA. 
That's 315-450-6272 for popcorn bars with custom flavors and colors at your upcoming event. Make sure to visit them on 201 7th North Street in Liverpool, New York. And for more information, go to maandpazsnacks.com. Ma and Paz Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory. How corny are you? Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Hope you're all having yourselves a tremendous day today, enjoying it, having some fun. Hopefully your Tuesday is going well. It's somebody's birthday on the broadcast today. His name is Ross Turetsky, and we're very happy that he is here with us, hanging out with us inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, which is inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios. And is that is that breaking? Is that like, if it's inside of a wall that's inside of a wall, it's a 16 walls, whatever Deadpool says. I think it's six, it's it's the 16 wall break. So we're here inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios. We're hanging out with you on Facebook Live, facebook.com backslash live now DT. WakeUpCallDT.com's homepage for audio and audio on MixLR dot com backslash wake up call dt so welcome into the broadcast and thank you so much for being here we're talking about what's popping proudly brought to you by mon paz kettle corn and popcorn factory guess what i'm doing right after the broadcast i'm going to get my flavor on and i'm going to mon paz kettle corn and popcorn factory so head over there 201 7th north street in liverpool new york we look forward to seeing you out there and getting your favorite flavors and the flavors that we've had the topics that we've had today We've, we've talked about the NCAA and pay for play and all that good stuff. MLB playoffs. We're going to get into the NFL, a little bit of the college football playoff. We're going to try and uh, do what we can here to jump into these subjects. So, Ross, it's your birthday. So, I think it's only fair for us to Are start. The... Party in the club like <laughs> yes, there's no sex in the champagne room, though. You better tell, you better tell your, the lady there's none. Can't get none, can't have none in the champagne room. So, and I, and I will say this though, I feel very privileged because in the world we live in today, people share everything everywhere. And, you know, when you hear from some people, you know, like you'll date a girl or a guy and they're like, I don't want to post anything on social media. And that's because they're cheating on you. And then there's other people that are like, I don't want to post anything on social media because I'm a private person. And your family takes the latter part. You're very private and so I feel very privileged that I have one of one pictures with my niche, uh, Lorelai, because they're not allowed to be on social media. So I will tell you all this morning, she's extremely cute. She plays hide and seek like a champion. She loves her Minnie Mouse and she is a wonderful, wonderful uh, niece, aka niche. So I, I uh, but I think it's cool that you guys don't put it all over social media because there's some people that like do baby releases and baby this and baby that and and you don't do that with Lorelai which I think is pretty cool yeah the most we did is when uh, before she turned to full calendar year old we would do uh, what a, a lot of parents do is the monthly birthdays for the first yeah. year the one month photo two month four month photo things like that um, but besides that 
once in a while I'll post something, but yeah, we kind of we don't want just a bunch of strangers looking at our little girl, and we it just it's better that way. I feel because sometimes it's too much in your face, and then I also feel like at times I feel bad because it feels like you're rubbing it into people who don't have kids, and yeah. they might not care. They don't want to be mean, but they might not want to see the baby photos or <laughs> yeah. the kid photos. You know, yeah. they, you know, it's like it doesn't. They're not interested, so why inundate them with that stuff? So yeah. even with me, I talk about her a lot when I talk to people, but I try not to have that dominate the entire conversation. I still want to be yeah. able to have regular conversations too, not all about little ones, because I don't want to turn people off too much. When you know, I can talk about sports, movies, politics, all that stuff, and then I have a little one I can talk about. Yeah, no, absolutely. So very excited about, it. and she had. She had her birthday recently. She turned two and found out that she's getting a little brother. So pretty awesome and 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 pretty amazing. Now, did that did that mini balloon is that did that last? Is it still alive or did she have to go somewhere? No, well, because we basically had to. It was like uh, the R. Kelly video, trapped in the closet. <laughs> we had to hide it in the closet because she was going to want to sleep with this big, gigantic human. Sleep with a balloon. Yeah, balloon. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, like, couldn't have that, and she wasn't going to be able to sleep that way, and plus she needs us to snuggle with her to go to sleep at night. So we hid it in this closet nearby where uh, her brother's room will be, yeah. and then it basically deflated, and we magically got rid of it like a mafia movie before she ever remembered to even <laughs> ask for it again. So it's gone, it's sleeping with the fishes, and it's not there anymore. Martin Scorsese will do a movie about it next on Netflix with De Niro, Pacino, and, uh, and Pesci coming out on Netflix. That will be his next uh, mafia classic movie. will probably be about where did the Minnie Mouse balloon go and who, who knew about it and where were you on the night of the 24th? Here's my question. I would love there to be video of like that closet opening and the mini balloon like slowly, slowly turning her head and like looking around and then you're just standing there silhouette and you got like one of those little butter knives and it's just like so who eventually took it to took it to the balloon what happened was it you or was it or was it the wife i gotta know when we got there already the deed had been done so i just got rid of the evidence basically so uh there was no balloon for her to wake up to and wonder where the heck is my mini balloon we made sure that was Bye-bye, so she wasn't going to come uh, freaking out over it because she was losing her mind that night. She desperately wanted it, so we let her hold the balloon at night, and then when she went to sleep, we kind of snuck it out of there so she wasn't uh, going to pop a balloon and probably wake herself and the whole house up by hearing like almost a blow-up uh, balloon smash into people. <laughs> yeah. Like a miniature bomb. So we like, no, it's not going to work. So we had to make that disappear. So, yeah, I uh, I assisted in getting doing the dirty work. Uh, my wife didn't want to get involved with that, and I made sure that it went bye-bye. Yeah, so I made a phone call to a guy who talked to another guy who then yeah. said to that other guy, like, hey, what's the matter with you? So, but you, that balloon knew that his day, that her days were numbered. That balloon knew that its days were numbered when you went into the closet and you looked at the balloon and you gave him a kiss on, on both sides of the cheek and said, how's your family? That's yeah, when the balloon the, knew it was over. We had the horse <laughs> head, like in Godfather, sleeping in the bed and yeah. playing uh, you're next, basically. So uh, Tony Soprano made sure that he went bye-bye. You ever, you ever get the kiss on one cheek, the kiss on the other cheek? How's your family doing? You're like, oh, God, I can't leave this room. <laughs> I got to stay in this room where all these people are. So, you know, it's a little bit savage, but it's all good. So, you know, speaking of savage, there's there's been some pain that's happened to your Jets. They're, they're in the market for Tom Tupa again to come back as the punter slash quarterback, it feels like. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on what's going on there? I mean, this has been a, a very interesting outing for the New York Jets to lose Sam Darnold to Mono, and, and which is very strange. And uh, after losing him 
Kamano had Trevor Simeon, who then went out for the season, and then Luke Falk, who stepped in, who was a former Titan, I believe. So, you know, now Sam Darnold's been cleared to start working out again, but the timetable on when he's going to be ready is kind of up in question. What's your thoughts on, on the Jets so far, and have you ever seen anybody on an injury report with Mono for the NFL? It's not, it's, no, I have not, and if something can go wrong, this organization will find <laughs> it because they are cursed. Whether Sam Darnold will be the next great quarterback or not, most likely because he's on the Jets, he probably won't. Uh, I hope I'm wrong about that, but uh, it seems like ever since Joe Namath, when they won only Super Bowl, Super Bowl three, 50 years ago, yeah. I don't know if he sold his soul to the devil or what it was, we haven't had a legit quarterback. Whether the guy's still pretty good, he's over the hill about to retire, like Brett Favre or Kumar Sison, or we've had a bunch of young, stinky quarterbacks in the draft, or we've passed on quarterbacks who we could have gotten in the draft, and we like, oh, we know better than them. We'll pick a defensive player. We'll pick an O-lineman who's not there in two years. And then we go draft a, Gar- a Mark Sanchez. He stinks it up after going to the AFC Championship game uh, for the first two years. Uh, the coaching staff's always in upheaval. They got Adam Gase from the Miami Dolphins. Uh, but a lot of his success was as an offensive coordinator when he had Peyton Manning to be his quarterback. So a lot of that success is like, it probably wasn't from him. It was probably because Peyton Manning's a legendary quarterback. That's why they were doing so well. So, yeah, uh, Sam Darnold has mono, which they said maybe he even had in the first game. I went to that first game with my family. They were up 16 nothing against the Bills at home. And they, of course, fell apart. They lost by a point. Um, and then their defense, C.J. Mosley, who they got from Buff- uh, from Baltimore, the linebacker, he got hurt, and everything. The sky is full. Levian Bell, who sat out last year with Pittsburgh, money, he's played pretty well. But they know what the offense is coming. Without Darnold there, it's all a one-track offense that they're going to try to hand the ball off or get a little screen pass. Uh, Trevor Simeon, who had some success with Denver, he broke his ankle the next time we went to Monday night uh, when Cleveland beat them. And, yeah, the – Last week against New England, you knew they had no chance to win, but they didn't score an offensive touchdown. They scored two defensive touchdowns late, with Jamal Adams is a great uh, Pro Bowl safety. But yeah, you have Luke, Luke Falls, who was a practice squad quarterback. You know, basically, I want to be nice, but he stinks. He doesn't deserve to be out there for really any NFL team, besides maybe holding a clipboard as a third stringer or practice squad guy. So yeah, your hope is that Darnold is the real deal. He can come back, and yeah, I see him practicing, but he's only been cleared for non-contact drills, and there's worries because with Mono, you need a lot of rest. He's only had a few weeks, and then they worry about the spleen, that it can get enlarged, it can rupture if there's any contact from it. Yeah. And unlike in practice where you wear the, wear the red jersey and it's hands off the quarterback, the high-priced merchandise, they're going to go after you like a, like a bull, basically, uh, going after red, seeing red uh, in one of those... Uh, you know, one of those races, the bull is going to come after you and, and try to smash at, after the matador. Well, that's what they're going to do to the quarterback. So they're going to try to go after where he's sensitive. And if he gets hit there, who knows what will happen. So they already have a game in five days. They had this week off, which helped. So they didn't have to. They were undefeated this week, I told my wife. They didn't play, so they didn't lose. But they're playing Philly, who's been mediocre but had a nice must-needed win on the road against Green Bay last Thursday night. Yeah. But in Philly this week, it's not going to be an easy game with Carson Wentz and a solid team. You know, they, they have a lot of injuries with Sean Jackson and a lot of their teams banged up. But the Jets, without uh, Sam Darnold, have no chance. With Darnold, they probably don't have much of a chance, but they have like a 5% chance, like uh, <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. So, so you're saying, saying there's, there's a chance. chance. Yes. One in a million. Because without him, they have no chance. But even with him, they don't have much of one. And I don't know if he's going to be activated in time. A lot of people also are like, Oh, don't worry about it. Even though they're only three games in the season, just sit them out, tank the season, and get another high draft pick. As a Jets fan, we can starve for wins. 
I don't want to do that. We waited for that, and we we tanked the season to get a top drafted quarterback in Darnold last year. Uh, you know, two seasons ago, uh, he was a rookie last year, the number three overall pick. I don't want to have to keep tanking seasons and giving seasons of my life away. Of hoping and praying that they'll be good because I'm like, oh, they'll just get better players if we stink it up and only win one, two games. Yeah, I know they're not going to the playoffs. There were some people who were delusional and thought maybe if Darnold's healthy, they increase, they improve the team with the new coach, offensive-minded coach, and Levin Bell, they were going to win some games. Maybe sneaking as a wild card team, nine wins. I didn't think that. I was hoping for maybe six or seven wins. Last couple of years, they've only had five wins. I think if you know Donald comes back, hopefully he's healthy and does okay, they'll win you know maybe four games. But they're not going anywhere. But I want to see them compete and be competitive out there because with Luke Fold and other guys out there at quarterback, they're non-competitive. It's basically like grown-ups, like the Seinfeld episode where Kramer was fighting the children in the karate dojo, and he was so proud and bragging that he was winning. He was fighting children. So, of course, he was going to win the karate matches. It's basically like grown-ups versus children in these football games when they don't have a legit quarterback out there who doesn't belong out there. Darnold at least makes it competitive, whether we know if he's going to be the true franchise quarterback or not. I want him back, but there's a good chance he won't be back in time for Sunday. So we're going to have to sit through another week of Luke Falk. Falk they're going to struggle again. They'll lose again. Uh, at least with Darnold, there's some hope. But, yeah, he's going to have to quicken up. Uh, and if you rush him too back, uh, too quickly, he might get injured real bad and not come back. So yeah. this Sunday's up in the air. It's not going well. Basically, after a couple of games into the season, after they blew the, the 16 nothing lead on opening day with the Jets, it went from a season of hope to a season of despair right away, which is pathetic. Uh, at least my wife's Steelers, are, you know, they were 0-3 coming in last night, one Monday night football against now the 0-4 Bengals, 27-3. But Mason Rudolph, even with Big Ben out for the season, he's giving you some reasons to be optimistic that he's playing pretty well and healthy. So maybe Pittsburgh is going to be interested. But with the Jets, there's not much, much reason for hope. You want to see what Le'Veon Bell can do out there, Jamal Adams on defense. But, uh, yeah, really, you want to hold to come back healthy. Because without it, they're garbage. And the sad thing is a lot of the fans are just used to it. I'm kind of uh, laissez-faire about it at this point. I'm kind of like, what next is going to happen? Uh, is there going to be an anvil that's going to fall on their heads like a Looney Tunes cartoon? Because if it does, it will happen to the Jets. <laughs> uh, so you're just waiting for something bad to happen next. So I hope for something positive. Hope for a couple of wins this season. But this season is ready in the dumps. It's a dumpster fire ready. Uh, it's pathetic, but I'm still happy my wife got me season tickets last Christmas for it. So we get to go to a lot of home games. We're going to go next Sunday's game against the Cowboys on the 13th. And then on Monday Night Football, we have one more Monday Night game against Tom Brady and the Patriots. And even though they cut Antonio Brown and all that, they're still going to be lethal and unstoppable. So Patriots are going to destroy in that game. But I'll go and cheer on my Jets. And uh, she got me a winter hat and a Joe Namath jersey, who's the only guy who probably will ever win a Super Bowl for their organization. And I think deep down, he won't admit it, but deep down, if you gave him some truth serum, he'd be happy that he'll probably go down as the only quarterback to yeah. leave him to a Super Bowl title because it's something he can brag about for the rest of his life and for eternity to come if they never won another championship. So, yeah, those are my thoughts. I had some high hopes. They're out. They're gone down the toilet now. I'm still watching them because I've been rooting for them since I was a little boy. Yeah. And it's now 33 years later, and I've been following football since I was like six or seven, so it's 20-something years later. And I'll root for them till the day I die, but it's not going well. And at least with your Cowboys, they're doing pretty well. And your Jaguars, uh, maybe Nick Foles doesn't get his job back, which would stink for him, but uh, yeah. Gardner Minshew, 
He's uh, the cat's meow. If you want to compare him to Uncle Rico, the goofy uh, uncle from the Napoleon Dynamite movie. <laughs> yeah. He's got the crazy porn stash, and he's fun. And the memes about him that he drove his mom to the hospital the day he was born, that, and that he can fight Chuck Norris and all that. The memes online are funny and hilarious about what Garner and Mitch can do. Yeah. But uh, right now, he at least makes it exciting for the Jaguars and the Cowboys to do well. So there's reasons for you to be hopeful for my Jets. Unless Darnold comes back and sets the NFL world on fire in a good way, uh, there's not much hope right now, but yeah. still excited that it's football. And then in the end, I still feel like it's the Patriots going to win it again because they made the deal with the devil. They'll keep winning as well as Brady has a pulse, even if he's in a wheelchair. I think the Patriots will keep winning. <laughs> yeah. uh, their only hope maybe is if the Chiefs and the great Patrick Mahomes can knock them out like they almost did last year in the AFC title game. But most likely, you root every week, you love football, but most likely those stinky Patriots are going to win again. They just are too dominant. Yeah, you know, and – it's funny because the the uncle from Napoleon Dynamite, uh, thanks to my my buddy JT Molo that many people know from being a part of Dan Tortora Broadcast Media with uh, with Super Powered Pop with trivia and with Wake Up Call, is uh, I always do the yes. <laughs> so, yes. so I mean that's uh, yeah I love it I, I do love that part of the movie but here's the reality in response to your thoughts and you brought up Joe Namath which I thought was exciting and interesting and here's why. The Jets, for the first time in their 60-year history, have one touchdown in the first three games of play. They have one touchdown in the first three games of the season for the first time ever in 60 years. The only time that it was their original worst, I should say was when they had two touchdowns in the first three games in 1976 when Lou Holtz was the coach and Joe Namath was there. Lou Holtz quit before the end of the season, and it was Joe Namath's last season with the New York Jets. So that was the last time all that happened. Now, here's my question that I asked when this happened. <clears throat> I, I, asked, uh, I asked when the hiring of the head coach happened, and I ask it again today because, well... I don't get it, and it's still relevant. Adam Gase oversaw one of the worst football teams in the NFL of 32 franchises with the Miami Dolphins. Why the Jets thought, hey, remember how we played that team in division that sucked? Why don't we hire their coach? So the question of this continues for me. Now, Adam Gase had some thoughts to say about his offense. Quote, Offensively, we were atrocious, as bad as you can get, he said after losing the Patriots 30-14. to We've got a lot to fix going into the bye. We're going to have to address all these issues that we're having right now, end quote. Now, having all these injuries obviously is something that's affecting him. Now, Le'Veon Bell said, all you haters enjoy it for now. Just don't go Casper when all this gets turned around. We embrace adversity. We embrace the hate. And everyone that wants to see my team fail or me fail individually, I'll remember, will remember it all and use it and wear it as a badge of honor. And all the fans, we need you. More than ever, don't give up on this team. Just keep believing we'll get this ship turned around and sailing in the right direction. We'll give it our all and we'll be back after the bye. We love you and we appreciate all your support. It's needed. So this is a different tune. So if for nothing else that you're getting as a Jets fan... You're getting a different Le'Veon Bell than what the Steelers fans got. And that is a Le'Veon Bell that's taking to social media and Twitter and saying, don't stop believing in us, guys. We're here. We love you. We're going to be okay. 
where in Pittsburgh, it was like, eh, I think I'm going to stay home and watch some television. So, you know, at the very least, you have a Le'Veon Bell who seems to have changed his tune. On the other side of it, you have a team that has one touchdown in three weeks, albeit they've had three different quarterbacks. So you can't fault him for that. If it was Sam Darnold and it's one touchdown in three weeks and we're having a conversation, but I don't think you can fault the Jets for all the injuries that have happened. But to go with that, and to go into the Jaguars, the Jets have hit. I mean, if we go to injured quarterbacks in the NFL and we look at this, I'm going to run the gamut and just go down the line here. So the Jets have gone to their third string quarterback. So we have that that's already happened. The Steelers lost Ben Roethlisberger. Mason Rudolph finally gets a start. He was a third round pick to maybe be the heir apparent. They say Big Ben's coming back. He contemplated retirement over the last two years. I don't think he's coming back. That's my opinion. I just don't see it happening. So we've seen that. So in the AFC East, we have the Sam Darnold situation. In the AFC North, we have the Ben Roethlisberger situation. In the AFC South, we have Andrew Luck retiring right before the season starts with the Colts. And we have the injury to Nick Foles after getting a four-year, $88 million contract that could balloon to $100 million. And Gardner Minshew, the rookie, steps in. So... All of that happens just in the AFC. The AFC West has not had to deal with that knock on wood. Hopefully that continues, that they don't have to deal with that. But at least one team in the AFC East, North, and South have dealt with it. In the NFC East, we have seen the fact that Case Keenum was taken out and Dwayne Haskins was put in. We've seen Eli Manning taken out and Daniel Jones put in, but we can't count that toward the injuries to anybody in the NFC North, you know, everybody's functioning in the NFC South. Cam Newton might be on his last leg in Carolina. And we see the fact that Kyle Allen is there. Will Greer is there as well. Drew Brees is out. Teddy Bridgewater uh, somehow, some way is now a starting quarterback in the NFL again. So we're seeing this happen throughout the league. No Drew Brees, no Cam Newton, no Ben Roethlisberger, no Nick Foles, no Sam Darnold, no Andrew Luck. You know, I mean, there's there's definitely been a quarterback. I don't even know what to call it. Uh, maybe maybe when Thanos snapped his fingers, it affected quarterbacks in the NFL. But this is where we sit right now. And it has made a very interesting first few weeks of football to know that only four weeks in, we've lost some of the top quarterbacks in the country. Yeah, it's just nuts how fragile uh, some of these quarterbacks and uh, the situations have happened. And then, yeah, Brady, when they say he's kind of banged up in practice, but he's 42 years old, they consider like the old grandpa, and he finds a way to get back there on the field every Sunday, and even when he's not a great game like against Buffalo, they find a way to win with a good defense, solid running game. But then you have these uh, other star-studded quarterbacks who get hurt, and it changes the whole complexion of the season. Big Ben, Steelers always have championship hopes, even without Antonio Brown living Bell this year. Big Ben's out there grooming this new quarterback, Mason Rudolph, who looks like a replica younger version of him and played at Oklahoma State with James, with, uh, with James Washington, with one of his favorite targets, the one with Juju Smith-Schuster on Pittsburgh. And if Mason Rudolph does well, that's great for the Seals, but it also might mean quarterback controversy. If Ben truly does want to come back, he signed for two more years, and the football even cut players uh, without it being fully guaranteed, only salary uh, signing bonus is guaranteed, Mason Rudolph might get to keep that job. Just like Gardner Minshew, he keeps it up. I know it's still early. He keeps winning and playing well. Nick Foles is going to have a hard time, uh, time keeping that job. And if, let's say Kyle Allen does really amazing in Carolina, which so far is so good, he's going to have a hard time Cam Newton getting that job back. And then, yet, like as you said, with the other ones where it's not even injuries, you had the Giants who looked like they were on death's door 0-2. 
after losing their first two games of the season. Now Daniel Jones, the excitement, and who knows if it's for real. And they've beaten two teams that aren't great. But, hey, he came back from 18 points down on the road in Tampa for this first game, played great, and was the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. And then crushed the Sinky Washington team last Sunday. So I think this week they play the Vikings, which will be a much tougher task for him. But uh, Daniel Jones has brought some new life to that team. And uh, now I, I want to see Dwayne Haskins, what he can do out there. The Ohio State quarterback is Washington because I didn't think Casey Keenum was going to be able to do much there. He's basically a journeyman backup. You know, they had the good year with Minnesota two years ago when they made the NFC title game. But I think Haskins, they've thrown him into the wolves because they don't have a lot of talent on Washington. So I think they're, he's going to get beat up a lot. The team's going to stink. And then everyone jokes along with the Dolphins, you know, they trade for Josh Rosen, that you're going to try to tank for Tua for the yeah. Alabama star quarterback. Because if they really wanted, they'd love to get Clemson's Trevor Lawrence to start correct, but he's not eligible for the until the following year. Because he's only a true sophomore. He was only a freshman last year after winning that national title. So Tua it seems to be the legit guy. You, know, you don't know how great he'll be in the pros. But that's what people seem like, oh, they're going to tank and do great so we can get him. I don't know about that because you maybe get him. Maybe he'll do well. But there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees he'll get the top pick in the draft. So it's, it's a better chance than the NBA where it's a lottery system. Yeah. You have the worst record, you get it. But there's no guarantees. And as a fan, a long-suffering fan, I want to see your team try to win. I don't want to give up on my season three weeks into the year, and then I still have three months of season left, and there's no hope in sight. So it's just what happens. Who gets to keep their jobs uh, when those quarterbacks try to come back next year or later in the year? And it makes it fun. It makes it exciting because I like to think that a lot of times we know the end result uh, with the Patriots possibly winning another Super Bowl, but it's exciting the journey along the way and which new faces of the league are going to make it exciting uh, each and every week. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing is kind of where, you know, we sit right now and the reality of it all is that I just, you know, I, I don't understand what the what the mentality is uh, right now with the Dolphins unless they are tanking for Tua like it was, you know, like it was uh, brought up before the season even started and the, and the, the thought of that, you know, uh, Joe Theismann, the, the you know, champion, the Super Bowl champion, I uh, came on this show in the past and said to me, he said, you know, very clearly, he was like, you know, if if you tank to try and win something, you should be put on an island for your stupidity and left alone. And, you know, and, and I feel the same way. I mean, I, I do feel the same way wholeheartedly. It's, it's very ridiculous and annoying, and it just seems uh, senseless to do something like that. But at the same time, it seems like, you know, this is where teams are at. This is what teams do. This is how they try to win. The irony of it all is the Miami Dolphins are so bad and have been so bad since Marino left and then eventually Zach Thomas and Jason Taylor that they've been rebuilding since then, which has been over a decade, which the reality is if they tank for Tua, they'll probably be able to get Trevor Lawrence next year too because they'll probably continue to be that bad. I mean, they legitimately are a, a, an atrocious team. And if they were trying to win... I guess the question mark, how would we even know at this point? But, you know, the Miami Dolphins, you got to play it out. You have to play your games. You have to try. And it's it's ridiculous if you actually tank for this. And I do have a firm belief that if you tank for a player, as good as that player may be, karma is karma. And what goes around comes around. So if you lose on purpose, I think it eventually catches up with you. So even if they get them, I, I don't know if that necessarily is going to be the greatest thing in the world. I mean, and for goodness sakes, you could tank for somebody and then they could get injured or something could happen. So, you know, or they could not want to play for you and request a trade. So 
ultimately, you know, I, I just feel that, you know, you got to play the games that are in front of you. You got to play the schedule that's in front of you. And if you fail to do that, well, then you probably should just not be playing the sport in and of itself. We do have to get to one more topic before we do the ingredients to success proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company. And it's a Utica thing. So we're going to take a quick step aside for a fast break. When we come back, we will jump in to the college football playoff and we'll get you all set and ready to go right after this. This is a wake up call fast break. Hi, friends and fans. Home Team Pub is the place to be to cheer on your fave home team. Located at 7990 Oswego Road in Liverpool, HTP has you covered with an amazing drink selection. Let's not forget about the signature drinks or those kid-approved gourmet milkshakes. The happy hour specials and pub entrees will have your mouth watering. Check out the website hometeampub.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram for more specials. At Home Team Pub, you're always the MVP. Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature Top It breakfast bar with over 30 different toppings to personalize the most important meal of the day, all complimentary with your stay. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your events, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. That's where you're listening. You're watching on facebook.com backslash live now dt. We're inside of the Chinese menswear and tuxedo studios. We were just talking about the NFL, and if anybody knows the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's Deadpool because he mentions Jacksonville all the time. So shout out to Deadpool and welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, however, Disney eventually makes that happen, and shout out to Spider-Man. I'm going to be doing some conversations about that probably today. I feel like I've feel like i been too quiet about my thoughts. I have shown people that I'm very excited, but I need to talk about it a little bit more. So that'll be on Super Powered Pop, which is another show inside of the DTBM, Dan Tortora Broadcast Media Network. Super Powered Pop, bringing you entertainment news and interviews all throughout the year. So... With that being said, I do want to get to our final topic before we get into the ingredients to success, and we are here with the birthday boy, that is Ross Turetsky. Him and I are now the same age for 20 days. His birthday is October 1st, my birthday is October 21st, and this year, my birthday is actually on the day that I was born. I was born on a Monday, so it's Monday, 
morning, and I'm very excited about that. So uh, it'll be fun to kind of relive that and have some fun. Hopefully this year's birthday is better than last year's birthday because last year's birthday was a doozy. So it was a doozy, but uh, I did have a lot of friends show up and a lot of friends show their love. So hopefully this year, I can't believe it's been almost a year, but God works in mysterious ways and he helps, you know, he's definitely helped me to become the man I am today. So I appreciate it. So it's Ross's birthday. It's a big time happy birthday. So when you're in your car today and you're driving around and somebody cuts you off, instead of flipping them off or screaming at them, just do a little happy birthday to you and it'll calm you down. I promise you it works. So with that being said, college football playoff, don't have to have a huge conversation about this, Mr. Ross. It is, do we expand it? It's a two-parter. Do we expand the college football playoff? And then secondly, if the SEC continues to have success with Florida, Auburn, Georgia, Alabama, if they all continue to have success and we're, you know, and we're looking in LSU, if we look at five teams from the SEC and Ohio State and Wisconsin have success, and then you have Clemson, and then you got the Pac-12 trying to jump in there and, and Oklahoma and whatnot, do they eventually knock the door down and say, listen, it's got to change? Because I said, UCF is not going to make this change just just doing it alone. I, I think, I, or I shouldn't say that, because I, 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 I always root for the underdog. I think UCF's best chance of getting the college football playoff to expand to potentially include them is to get the SEC or the Big Ten or the ACC pissed off enough, or the Pac-12 and the Big 12, to say, listen, there's not enough spots and we're way too damn good. So this could be the year that it, that we get the helper that UCF needs when the SEC goes to the table and says, Auburn, Georgia, LSU, Alabama, Florida, we're all good. We all deserve a spot. So it's going to be interesting. So first part of the question, should they expand it? Second part of the question, does the, does the SEC kind of blow the doors off of this thing because they have so many good teams. Do they, do they almost, you know, create change in and of itself because of the fact that there's not going to be enough spots potentially? Well, yeah, it's very possible. And there's so many good teams out there. I'm glad that they finally kind of got rid of the BCS, which I used to call the BS uh, with the computers deciding everything, but there's still a lot of fault with it. I still, the way it is, I only want teams that actually win their conference championship. Uh, I know the only team that can't really be, do that is Notre Dame because they're still independent for football, unlike with other sports. That Otherwise, else, if you didn't even get to play in your conference championship game and you get rewarded because you sat out and played one less game, and the one time they put like Alabama and the other and Ohio State got in the game over Penn State, and Penn State actually won the conference title a few years ago, I think that's not right. So the way it is now, there's only the four teams that get in. I'd like to see it up. I know at the Division One AA level, the other levels, it's almost like March Madness. A lot of teams get in. Maybe that would water it down. They know they still want <clears throat> they still want the regular season to count for as much as possible. You kind of get eliminated a lot of times with one or two losses. Your season's done for a chance to win a title. Then you're just hoping for a good bowl win and a fun time for your kids. I'd like to see expand and double from four teams to eight teams. And the way I would do it for now is I'd have the major conferences each get the conference champion. So I'd get more excitement in that conference championship game that would matter. 
that if you win your conference title, kind of like uh, with other sports and, and pro sports, you automatically get into the ball in the into the uh, playoff system. Uh, and then I would do two. I would probably do there's like I think there's power five, but almost like a power six. I probably have six division winners of the major conferences have automatic bids to get into the playoffs. And then for the final two spots, I would leave those open for wild card spots. And I'd leave those open for the years where you have a UCF and you have the smaller uh, underdog schools who wouldn't get looked at and that they'd have a, an avenue to get in. Yeah. They probably have to go undefeated to get into that system. Uh, they couldn't afford it to get a loss during the season, which uh, Central Florida already did this year. They finally got a loss. But if they went undefeated and they deserved it and played a few good schools, a lot of these big schools don't want to play them. They're scared. They're running uh, scared of them and don't want to go on the road to play them in Central Florida. They'd rather have them come to them. Um, otherwise, else, yeah, I would I would up it to eight right now and eventually maybe expand them more. So it's still the regular season would still matter. College champions automatically get into the playoffs for the uh, six of the spots, and then the other two spots would be at large wild card bids. And I would make it in there where you would have to have won your conference title. So I don't want Alabama just because they had a good year. They sat at home and they get to get one of those two at large bids. I don't play that way. You have to win and earn your spot by winning your conference championship. So it matters, and then you have a more equitable playoff system where maybe you get a Cinderella. March Madness situation, like with uh, George Mason and those uh, types of schools, and 16 finally beat a one seed two years ago. You might get that in football. You never know. I know they sell you know, the, the Alabama, Clemson's, uh, Ohio State's been crushed a UCF. Well, you don't know that. UCF beat Auburn a couple of years ago and they went undefeated. Head to head, a winner take all game. You never know. They might be able to win that game. So let's see it. Let's add to the excitement. It will make college sports and NCAA even more money, which they, as we discussed earlier on the show, they don't even need. But they'll get even more money off this and more revenue from ESPN and all the television contracts and conference deals. I think that's the way to go right now is for now, make it eight teams, six uh, automatic conference uh, bids, and two at-large bids for teams that had great seasons from the non-power conferences. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think I think when we look at this and, and, and like you said, I, I mean, I, I think I think expanding it to at least eight makes sense. You know, I think there's a power six, not a power five. I think the American deserves to be in the conversation because of the UCFs and the Houstons and the Navies and the Memphises. There's some really good teams inside of the American that have defeated the quote unquote power five over and over and over and over again, including this season. So, you know, I think if you're the Big 12 and you win your championship game, the Big 10 wins theirs, you know. So let's say Ohio State wins the Big 10. Let's say Oklahoma wins the Big 12. Let's say Clemson wins the ACC. Alabama wins the SEC. And the Pac-12 goes to, I mean, uh, if we look at it this season, I mean, the Pac-12's been kind of down. But if we look at the Pac-12 now, let's just say for sake of the argument that's you know, Oregon ends up winning it. So, you know, then we look at the the grand scheme of things and say, okay, that's five spots. So now you have your Notre Dame opportunity. You have your winner of the American Athletic opportunity, your UCF opportunity, your Memphis opportunity, your something like that. So you have those opportunities that come arise, and then you have another school. Because the SEC is going to keep saying, well, you know, we should get three spots, we should do this, we should do that. Well, that's all well and good. You know, the SEC might as well just play in their own damn league because – this is one of those years, like it had been in the past, where they are just that good. But you have to be fair to the country, and the Big Ten's been left out. The Pac-12's been left out. So they have a reason over the past few seasons to be really upset because the college football playoffs' four spots have honestly become Alabama, Clemson, another SEC school, and then, and then, and then it's a wild card. It's an open spot. It's who could this be? 
But outside of that, the Pac-12 has no guarantee. The Big Ten has no guarantee. The Big 12 has no guarantee. And they say, well, you know, Alabama and Clemson don't have a guarantee, but we all know that that's BS. Clemson's the only team in the nation that could lose two games and probably still get into the college football playoff. And a few years ago, they sat out and didn't even play in the SEC championship, as Ross had brought up. They didn't even play in the SEC championship game, and they still got a spot which was absolutely insane that Auburn had defeated Georgia and Alabama, who both played in the college football playoff championship, and Auburn was on the outside, and they ended up losing to UCF. But here they are, the fifth best team in the country, who defeated the two teams that played in the championship. So how can they be the fifth best? Doesn't make any sense. But, you know, hopefully some of these things will start to square themselves out and make sense. But I think that the pressure needs to be put on the college football playoff. We need to expand it. The whole, like, the kids don't have enough time to go to class. They already don't have enough time to go to class. They're, well, they're not going to be able to do this. That's BS, okay? Because we're talking about we're talking about December. We start to go on break in December into January. So you just move it a little bit. It's, you know, it's it's during their break. What I mean, they get an extra time. It's more money to the school. It's more opportunity to the kids. And a lot of these schools are inside of the Autonomous Five, so they do have, you know, full cost of attendance and, and this, that and whatnot. But don't come to us and, and tell us that, you know, these these kids are, you know, suffering because they can't go to school and they can't do this and that. The reality of it all is when you look at college football, you can't complain that it's too long of a season for the student athletes when college basketball literally takes almost the entire both semesters every single year. So I know that they're different sports and different wear and tear on the body, but the reality of it all is if you add a couple more weeks and you add two more games, you don't even have to do that much. You just play the games. But the thing is about fairness, and the BCS wasn't fair. The college football playoff is coming to a point where it's not fair as well because there's not enough spots. And if the SEC does see nobody some people are going to fight about UCF some people aren't going to fight for UCF but the reality of it all is if Alabama Georgia Auburn Florida if these teams continue to win LSU continue to win and they have LSU has one loss and Georgia has one loss and Alabama has no losses and Auburn has no losses and you know we look at situations like that and Florida has one these are the years where change is going to happen well we don't have to do anything until 2020, 2036 or whatever it may be. Yeah, okay. Well, if the SEC comes to the table and says, we're not doing this, then guess what? Miraculously, it'll change in 2021 or whatever it may be 15 years early because the SEC said something. So I think the only way to make the change is for these teams to keep winning. Some of them got to play each other, so that's not going to happen with everybody. But the reality of it all is the college football playoff needs to expand and I think we agree on that. Absolutely, and as we said, the lower level Division One AA and the and Division Two, they, they all have, and even Division Three, uh, but especially in the D One AA level, like we're doing over Delaware, where they've had some professional athletes, football players like Joe Flacco came from Delaware. 
they have no problem with uh, being able to have a whole kind of tournament like March Madness for Division 1A uh, for basketball, and they do that for football. So if they could do it at the 1AA level and they have just as little time as the, as the main Division One level can, I don't see why they can't do it. So I think they can do it. It would make a lot of money, and I think it's just excuses and people who want to keep it status quo to keep it rich. But I think they'll just get even richer this way, the bigger conferences. So I think, just like they said, they would never change it at the BCS. They did. And there'd never be a playoff. Well, there is. And now hopefully it'll go from 14 playoff to hopefully a little bit more than that. Absolutely. So with that being said, Ross and I will take our final step aside today. We'll come back with the ingredients to success. I'm going to open the doorway to Ross for that. He is going to give you his ingredients to success. We'll talk about the topic proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company right after this. This is a wake-up call fast break. Charney's Men's Clothing is your one-stop shop for your men's dress-up and dress-down wear. Located on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, Charney's Men's Clothing is proud to be your trusted name for decades in suits, sport coats, tuxedos, and all accessories. Charney's Men's Clothing also provides sports and leisure-themed casual wear for the everyday man. Stop in and see our welcome and friendly staff on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse. Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature sport court where you can enjoy basketball, volleyball, pickleball, soccer, lacrosse, and more year-round in their indoor facility. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop. MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Both of those where you're listening live and you're watching live on Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT. Whether you're listening or watching, want to thank you so much here inside of the Charney's Men's Wear and Tuxedo Studios on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. We have run the gamut. With the topics of the day, we mentioned 
Syracuse, we mentioned the Jaguars, the Jets, the NFL. We made our Major League Baseball predictions all the way to the World Series and the champion. We've talked about pay-for-play, the college football playoff. So the final piece is the ingredients to success, proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company. So with that being said, I'm going to hand it over to the birthday boy. It is the ingredients to success, proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company on 628 South Main Street, North Syracuse, New York. It is the home of the wake-up call, number one pick, Chicken Riggy Pizza, and they are available for dine-in on 628 South Main Street, North Syracuse, as I said. And for catering, delivery, and takeout, you can call 315-214-3060. That is 315-214-3060 for Utica Pizza Company. A, a, a truly remarkable taste that literally makes me feel like my grandmothers, my mom are cooking for me and putting it onto the table. That's what makes it different. That's what makes it special. It's as simple as that. When it tastes like home cooking, it does something that goes well beyond going to a restaurant. So Utica Pizza Company means a lot to me, and I appreciate all that they do. With that being said, I'm handing it off to the birthday boy. We were talking about football. Well, this is the handoff to him. It's the ingredients to a successful life. Ross, just what you can say to the people that are watching and listening that maybe are confused in a relationship don't know what job to do, they're unhappy personally, they're unhappy professionally. What are the ingredients to success when it comes to trying to get somewhere in life where maybe you feel like things aren't going your way? Yeah, thank you, buddy. Yeah, um, there's been a lot of times. It goes, it's ebb and flow. I know for myself, I have ups and downs of where I think I'm on the right track and then other times where no one wants to hire me to to do anything where it took like six and a half years after graduating from uh, college with honors to get a part-time freelance sports writing job at the local paper because no one was willing to pay me to do anything because they would say that uh, you need experience to work here but we don't want to be the first people to give you that experience so you had to get it somewhere but no one wanted to take a chance on you well i think a lot of times it just takes one person to take a chance on you and that's how i look at it i've heard this advice before uh, my wife it took her a chance uh, where she believed in me and fell in love with me and said oh this is the person i want to be with the rest of my life um and then with 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 sports writing or uh, or any type of success I've had with any of that, the, the editor just said, oh, "We're going to give you a chance. I liked you in that interview. You came off. Be yourself in that interview. You 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 seemed like a, a good a family legit guy. We're going to give you a chance." So I think a lot of times. There's a lot of talented people out there who aren't successful in certain things or struggle or they'll be back and forth from good times and really down times. A lot of it is you got to keep fighting, you got to stay in there, and all it takes is one person to take a chance and will change your life forever for the better. A person could hurt, your, uh, hurt, could hurt you and damage you as well on the negative side, but a person could actually help you if they just believe in you. You have to believe in yourself first or else it won't matter what people believe in, but you also have to know that there are people who care about you, your family, your friends, people at work, your colleagues. There are people out there, even if there's just one or two of them out there who truly believe in you, believe you're special, and not just because you're their son or daughter, because they believe you have something to offer and to say in this world. And with when it came to the the newspaper, the, the the sports editor Alicia Johnson, who's moved on to a different job now, she took a chance on me when she didn't have to. No one forced her to. She decided I'm gonna give him a chance. I like him. Let's see what he can do. And I've done well enough where I've been able to continue to go on even after she left. And I keep finding you every day for every opportunity. I'm very appreciative of every opportunity. Uh, with my wife, I kept trying to try to date as much as possible. Uh, when I didn't have a lot of success going up to women, I basically tried online dating. 
a lot of those were horror stories. That's perfect for Halloween season. But uh, a lot of women just didn't want to talk day with me. Didn't think I was good enough. Uh, didn't think I was attractive enough. You joked that you, you know now you do video that you don't have, just have a face for radio. Well, a lot of I was told I had a face for radio, and that's it. And people would put me down. And there were times I'd, I'd believe them, get down the dumps. And I still sometimes will, will believe them on my bad days. But and all it takes is to feel is to keep fighting and never quit. Because once you quit. It's over. The fight is over. And Wayne Gretzky and Michael Scott from the office used to joke. Their quote was, you miss every shot. And I think Michael Jordan said this, that you, you miss 100% of the shots you never take. You have to take a shot. And, you know, you might miss a goal here. You might miss a, an opportunity here. You might miss a, a chance of what you think is a great relationship here. I mean, maybe it didn't work out. But if you didn't try and keep fighting there and keep working at it, then there would never be an opportunity. So if it doesn't work this time, Keep persevering. If you put it on your own, you can look yourself in the mirror and say, I did a good job. You know you tried your best. Keep fighting out there, and good things will happen, and you will get that success. I believe that. I think a lot of times, you know, it's not always guaranteed, but good things I do believe will happen to good people most of the time. I think 90% yeah. of the time, good things will happen. You just have to believe. I think a lot of times when it doesn't happen, it's the hardship. It feels so, you feel so low at a certain point, you give up. You got to keep fighting and pushing through, even though how hard it might seem, but it seems hopeless. You push in your personal life, you push in your work life, and if you can be yourself and be a good person and look at yourself in the mirror and say, I give it my all, you know you did. You don't have to feel bad, and you go for the next opportunity, and you keep pushing until you you finally uh, break that that glass ceiling, and you get that opportunity. So you keep fighting, keep believing in yourself, and good things will happen. And that's my ingredients for a successful life, as far as I know. I'm not perfect. I know I'm not. I know no one on this earth is. I'm definitely not. But those are my thoughts, and uh, if it gives any comfort for anyone out there, and including myself, on uh, days where I I'm feeling the, down in the dumps, I hope that helps. And you keep pushing and fighting, and uh, good things will happen to everyone out there. Everyone has something to offer, something positive. And coming from Ross Tretzky here this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, sharing with you his ingredients to success. I have nothing to add. Those are perfect. Here on his birthday, as we celebrate you, Ross, thank you for, you know, always being the person that you are, where when it's a day for you, instead you're giving back to other people and, and, and giving advice. So with that being said, Ross Turetsky is here with us today. He's been here with us the whole show and happy birthday to you, brother. I look forward to seeing you soon and celebrating both of our birthdays. Shout out to both being 33 for the next 20 days. And, uh, and I hope you have a great time and I, I hope you feel better. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks for having me on. It means the world, uh, your friendship and the great person you are. And I'm so thankful that we got to share my birthday for a couple hours on the radio. And it's great. And uh, I you know, was one of the, my favorite people in this world. So it means a lot. And Arnold Schwarzenegger would say, Take two cops the morning, get down, get to the chopper, and things of that nature. It is not a tumor. Ah, ah, ah. And watch this Terminator movie coming out November 1st, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and somehow, some way, that comes out in a month. So, a late birthday gift for the both of us. As always, brother, I, I appreciate it. I love you, and I look forward to talking with you soon. All right. You have a great day, and take care, buddy. Take care. That coming from Ross Turetsky one more time. And I don't, I don't have any other things to add to his ingredients to success. You can't quit. That's what it takes. So, 
With that being said, Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora bids you adieu for today. And from the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios, 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York, I want to thank Ross Turetsky for being a part of the show. I want to thank Utica Pizza Company for the ingredients to success. And I want to thank Ma and Pa's Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory for all the amazing things they do in the community, including bringing us what's popping every single day. And I want to give a shout out once again to Trapper's Pizza Pub. Let's hear from them one more time. Trapper's Pizza Pub, located on 5950 Butternut Drive in East Syracuse. Right off of Bridge Street is your local community supporter right around the corner. Join us on site at Trapper's Pizza Pub for our live monthly broadcast supporting Central New York student-athletes and their sports programs. Call 315-438-4444 for more information. And find us on Facebook and Instagram at Trapper's Pizza Pub. Trapper's Pizza Pub, your local community supporter, right around the corner. So that coming from Trapper's Pizza Pub, and, and for those of you that are on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcall, DT, you know, Trapper's obviously uh, being a big part of what uh, we're doing here as we move forward with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora and high schools in our community and helping out the kids and helping out the schools and just trying to, to, to do well for Central and Upstate New York and hoping that uh, you'll come out and you'll support these kids and support these programs and support my program and what I'm doing and good people need to help good people out. So with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, whether you were listening on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt or you're watching here on facebook.com backslash live now DT. We appreciate it. We thank you. Happy birthday to one of my best good friends. And that's uh, that's an inside joke as well. But the truth of it all is uh, to someone I consider to be my brother and I would do anything for. Happy birthday, Ross. Thank you for everything you do in the sports world. But that is this compared to the friendship that you've given me. So I love you, brother. And I hope you have truly the best birthday that you've ever had up to this point. God bless you, Lorelai, Abby, your families, and your future son. You are an amazing human being. You're an amazing person. And you deserve only the best in life. With that being said, I bid you adieu officially here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. I'll see you for trivia tonight at Press Room Pub at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And I look forward to seeing you there. And outside of that, I'll be with you tomorrow morning for Wednesday, October 2nd. I'll be featuring my Q&A with Dino Babers, my Q&A with Mo Neal, and my sit-down conversation with running back of Syracuse, Abdul Adams. We'll also have Week 5 of the NFL in our Fantasy Football Power Hour featuring Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. In the meantime... Find us on Facebook at WakeUpCallDT, Twitter at CallDT, and Instagram at WakeUpCall underscore DT. This is Daniel Tortora. This is Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And this is the day that you're going to do something amazing. God bless you all. I'll talk to you soon.